After the cataclysmic events in New York with his fellow Avengers, Steve Rogers, aka Captain America, lives in the nation's capital as he tries to adjust to modern times. An attack on a S.H.I.E.L.D. colleague throws Rogers into a web of intrigue that places the whole world at risk. Joining forces with the Black Widow and a new ally, the Falcon, Rogers struggles to expose an ever-widening conspiracy, but he and his team soon come up against an unexpected enemy. Welcome back to Midnight Double Feature, and on this feature presentation, we're going to be talking about Captain America, The Winter Soldier, directed by Joe Russo and Anthony Russo. Boys, welcome back. Oi. <laughs> How are we doing? How are we doing this this fine, uh, well, for me and Matt, it's morning, but for you, Colin, it's uh, evening. How are you doing? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. I just uh, went to the gym today, had some work, uh, very productive day, now sitting down to uh, watch this fucking piece of shit. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm just super... Hey, tell us, tell us how you really, tell us how you really feel. Yeah, <laughs> dude, I, it's, uh, I'm, I'm excited to talk about this one because this is, I, I like, I don't want to get, I don't want to blow my load or show my hand too quick, but this is definitely one of the more underrated of the Marvel movies. And I think it's, I think it's high time that we covered it and give it the praise that it deserves for real. Mm. Yeah, absolutely, man. I was, um, I was, <laughs> when we choose our movies, I was lobbying hard for this movie. I was like, cause, cause you didn't want to, you, you didn't want to jump like right into the MCU kind of like halfway through. You wanted to sort of like, um, you wanted to start off with Iron Man and I was like, okay, Iron Man is cool. Mm-hmm. But let's <laughs> let's just let's just go straight to the top. I think. Uh, yeah, just go for the jugular. Fuck it. Just yeah, fuck it. Attack attack that 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 fucking cunt. You know, just like <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. Uh. You know what? Let's let's just talk. Uh. Matt. Wait. Actually, we haven't fucking introduced Matt yet. Matt, how you doing? Good <laughs> Talk <laughs> about great fucking great fucking host I am. Yeah. Um, talk about the, yeah. talk about being a cunt. <laughs> yeah. I know. Right. Jesus Christ. Uh. Matt. Matt. How you doing, man? Dude, I'm extravagant. Um, this film extravagant. is, I think, <laughs> easily the best of the MCU Marvel films. Um, the, easily, I, All right. I don't think there's many that could contest it. There's maybe like two or three I can think of, maybe that come close. Um, this was a fucking great year for Marvel because this is this is the same year Guardians One came out. Hey, yeah, 2014, and definitely. What a fucking role! And I remember just thinking that year like. What the fuck? That was when I was realized how amazing Marvel hit it off. Because something else that we should definitely mention, um, if you want to talk about the ultimate Marvel... Like this, this to me is the ultimate Marvel film. Because not only does it encapsulate um, everything we love about this amazing Avengers character, Captain America, but it expands the universe. It gives us more of minor characters, such as... Or, or, or less focused on characters such as Nick Fury and Black Widow and all this other cool shit. But this is like the f- only movie that fully really impacted everything other than like Avengers at the time. Um, the events of this film affect every Marvel movie going forward. 
and Dexter TV shows. Um, for those who don't know, there was a the best episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. took place alongside this episode, and as the events fold out in this film, it affects the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And I remember watching that like, oh shit, it's all connected, this is what they've been promising us. Now since then, the fucking TV shows have laid off and stuff, but this <laughs> man, this was like, they fulfilled on their promise of a fucking universe, man. This is just like, oh shit. For me, it was like, movies have changed for me. It was so cool, man. And it's such a great script. I'm stoked to talk about it. Let's go. A hundred percent, man. I, I, I agree. I agree on every point that you just said. Um, this this movie's a fucking blast, man. Like, um, I honestly stand by um, the my, these words, right? This has one of the best trailers I've ever seen in my life. Um, I'm probably going to... I'm probably going to... You know, it's like two and a half minutes. I'm probably going to fucking splice the whole thing into here. I, I guarantee you, I, I love that trailer. Um, it's it's so damn good. Um, talking about Captain America for a sec, I wasn't the biggest fan of the first Avenger. Um, before this movie... Well, until recently, actually, I thought it was one of the weakest Marvel movies um, until I just recently sort of rewatched it. Um uh, to me, it, Captain America is a bit mu- a bit like Superman. Uh, not that he's like all powerful, um, so he's like boring. More like uh, he's he's kind of a Boy Scout, right? Like you don't really kind of get into those characters that are like, um, you know, let's let's do let's do right by everyone. You know, this is the moral thing. This is all good. When you're when you're a teenager, when I first saw um, the win- uh, sorry the the first Avenger, I was like, oh, this is kind of boring. Like he's got like no conflict and things like that. Um, but this movie changed that. Um, like you didn't. This is the third sort of appearance of Captain America: The Winter Soldier. Um, sorry, Captain America. Um, <laughs> barring barring his little appearance in in Thor: The Dark World, which wasn't even like an appearance. Um, he wasn't that sort of developed in Avengers because it's pretty hard to develop your characters in an Avengers movie. I think. Um, because it's sort of like an event movie, but this movie just kind of pushed the character of Captain America forward and um, really, really humanized the character. Like, he really... Um, I, I, fell, I fell in love with Captain America after this movie, man. Like, mm-hmm. this, this, this movie um, perpetuated the, the fact that Captain America is now probably the best character in the MCU. Um I I I think um, you know his his probably only other sort of competition is Iron Man, but I don't think I don't think Iron Man sort of has the depth that Captain America does. Um, oh, I disagree uh, on that. But we'll talk about that. We'll talk about <laughs> it. Just we'll talk about it. What I do thousand percent agree with you on is, um, funnily enough, I went on a very similar journey to you. The first film, as a younger one, um, I was just like a bit. Well, I never really liked war movies, so and the fact that it takes place during like one of the world wars is like, uh, yeah. So that kind of put me off. And the costume in the first one was like intentionally cheesy, and so that also kind of put me off. But I always did love how they characterized him. Mm. I love that Boy Scout s. I like the idea of like he's the person we should all aspire to be and all that crap. And I love how that intertwines in this film. But what makes this film so fucking great is how they managed to modernize him. And honestly, it's such a solid script and people always praise the directors, Anthony and Joe Russo, but um, shout out to the screenwriters whose names are 
Christopher Marcus and Stephen McFeely. Mm-hmm. Boom! I literally, I literally okay. am looking Thank at it right know. now. I was, I pulled yeah. that up because I was like, dude, somebody has got to mention these guys. Oh yeah, <laughs> these guys are these guys are the unsung heroes of the MCU because they, um, they wrote the first, they wrote all three Captain America movies and they wrote uh, Infinity War and they're writing, they've written four Avengers four. So damn, um, they never, they never really they get the praise shit. that they deserve. Yeah. yeah. Um, I want to throw in one more like wow i can't believe they did this so well sort of moment but um uh without getting too nerdy about comics and stuff what i find interesting about this film compared to pretty much all other marvel films is that a lot of the stuff we see in the mcu they're based on like comics we've seen from like 60 70 zillion years ago or something you know it's like they're trying to bring back the classics the winter soldier is a character i believe wasn't introduced to like 2005 or something which goes to show like how much cool stuff they still got in them because the design mm. of Winter Soldier is so fucking badass, right? He's yes. fucking awesome, man. Yes. Oh, man. And I, yeah, that really excites me. Like, like literally the shot, when I remember seeing the trailer for the first time and when that fucking shield comes at Winter Soldier and he just catches it, I'm just there like, what the fuck? No, he yeah. caught the shield. <laughs> don't blow your load over there, Matt. We'll get to that scene. And don't worry. Like, that was so good that they literally just stole it and threw it in Ragnarok with the hammer, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's definitely a but, callback. Uh, the, the, the directors, um, well, whenever a movie gets announced, I... I sorry, whenever the directors of a big movie like this get announced, I kind of like do a little uh, kind of like research into their backstory and things like that. Um, these directors, before... Uh, before Winter Soldier, they'd only directed You, Me, and Dupree and Welcome to Collinwood. So they weren't really in the action genre. Um, uh, so unless like, you count the uh, paintball. Oh, no, I'm getting there. Oh, I'm getting oh, there. Okay. Shut the fuck up. I'm getting there. <laughs> I'm getting there. Um, they'd, but they're, they're very... They're very... Um, <laughs> <laughs> they're very uh, proficient in in TV though. They've done uh, episodes of Arrested Development, um, Community. They're mainly from Community, um, especially um, Matt. Tell tell us about Community oh. and what they've directed in Community. They've had um, so Community for those who don't know. Um, they they do a lot of meta sort of stuff, and they love these paintball episodes where they get to just really dive into the action genre. And there are a couple in particular that did it so fucking well. Surprise, surprise, who directed those? The Russo Brothers. Um, so that's pretty... Yeah, it was a weird choice at the time. It felt like a weird choice at the time, picking those guys. But god damn, did they deliver. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. Um, Colin, what, what, else, what else do you have to tell us about uh, The Winter Soldier before we kick this off? Well, I think there's, I think there's a really good distinction to be made when you're talking about, uh, you know, when you're talking about the parallels between, um, you know, Iron Man and Captain America, uh, and really, like when you look at like, you know, you look at the big four of the Avengers, it's Hulk, Thor, Iron Man, and Captain. And that's that's really like the the big four of them. But the thing, as much as a Hulk fan as I am, as much as I love Hulk. He's almost never had a solo movie. I mean, except for, you know, Eric Bana and Edward Norton. And those movies are fine and all, but they hardly connect to this, like, universe. And what I think is really great about Thor and Captain America, what they share in common is the the loss, the sacrifice. 
um, the loss of your loved ones, the loss of, you know, Thor, by the by the time Infinity War comes up, has lost a lot of people. Um, and the same thing with Captain America. I mean, Captain America, you know, at least Thor has friends that he, you know, he spent his life with. And he, you know, he and Captain are kind of in the same boat. Um, but with Iron Man, Iron Man's lost almost no one. It's like he's he has somewhat of a redemption factor, and, and it's like a self you know it's, it's his own self redemption. He comes around full circle, and it's a great arc. But the thing about Thor and Captain America that they share in common is just the loss of so much. And I think when you we're, we've automatically because of the comic books, because of just you know all the mythology behind them uh, internationally, just all over the world, we've built them up. Is we know that the, we know that these guys are gods, you know, just like gods. Among, I mean, even Captain America, who's not technically a god, is I mean, he's just incredible. You know, he's he's more man than anybody else. You know, he's just awesome. But what we like, what we like more than anything is kind of deconstructing those people and breaking them down. You know, we see the same thing with Bruce Wayne in the Dark Knight trilogy. Um, we see the same thing with a lot of a, a lot of comic book characters that do it right. Um, and I think that with Hulk, as much as I love Hulk, you know, Hulk has almost no loss. You know, like, granted, he has this horrible, he's like a very Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde kind of character. But when you look at Captain America, who lost Bucky, who lost... Um, Oh God, I'm forget. Haley Atwell is her name, but I can't think of her character's name. All I think of is oh, Haley Atwell. Thank you, yeah. thank you, Agent Carter. Um, and you know he's lost basically everyone. And I mean, just it's it's kind of like Fry in Futurama. You know, you go to sleep one day and you wake up the next, and yeah. everything's everything's changed and everything's gone. And I think it's important to note that because I mean that would drive most people insane. You know, that would that would just drive them to the. I mean, imagine waking up and. You know, 2120 20, now or 2118, you know, you would, I mean, I would lose my mind. Um, and to, to, to have the composure that Captain America still has is really, I think, really rings true because, and it's also, this, this movie has a great turning point with Captain America where he's like, yeah, I take orders and, yeah, my whole life has been based around the military. I am who I am because of this industrial kind of military complex that we have in the U.S., but, at the same time, like, it's me. Like, I'm not a machine. I can make my own choices. And we, we really get to see that in Civil War. Um, we really see that move on to the third one where he's kind of not going – I mean, yes, I guess he is going rogue. But at the same time, um, you know, just because someone gives you orders doesn't make them right. And I think it's great because he's not – I think, I think yeah, um, like the analogy with Superman in DC Comics – uh, you know, Superman is kind of that character. He just kind of goes where people need him and doesn't really question a lot of stuff, at least not that I've seen. And really, this is kind of the first movie where we see, you know, the, you know, there, there's the school and this guy is the school boy. He's the hall monitor. He's, you know, he's, he's the one like wrapping knuckles and making sure everybody's in check. And eventually he just kind of rejects that. And I think that's great. He's like, and, and, and it slowly builds more mo momentum going up into Civil War. So I, th I think this is a great movie. I think it really fleshes out, you know, the whole thing uh, of what does he want to do? What makes him happy? What, what is it that drives him to be Captain America? You know, and like, what, what is it? Do you really like doing this? Um, I, th I, I think it's I think it's a great kind of in-depth look into him. Um, and it doesn't it doesn't feel 
uh, tired. It doesn't feel like it's been done to death. Uh, it doesn't feel anything like that. And it's great to see that with, you know, you see, like I said, with Thor, you see him kind of get thrown down and he loses so much. And the same thing with Captain America, but they just deal with it in the different ways. And I think, I think that's great to watch. Uh, and I think it's, it's, it's worth noting that distinction between him and Iron Man, who literally Iron Man has, if anything, he has gained, you know, he hasn't lost much except for, you know, if you start getting into Infinity War and stuff, but, um, you know, and I don't want to go all spoiler crazy there. Um, but yeah, I think, I think that's really something as I was watching and I was like, there's something about this movie that I can't, you know, I can't sink my teeth into. What is it? And I was like, oh yeah, it's just the loss, you know, the, the true hmm. part of being a hero and the sacrifice that it takes to be that hero. And I think that's definitely something worth noting. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think, I think the thing, I don't want to rag on Iron Man's arc too much. Um, I, I think, um, Although it's not sort of like overt as Captain America's is, like you said, Captain America has loss. Um, but Iron Man throughout the movies, he his thing is um, his thing is grief. Um, mm-hmm. I think like and sort of feeling guilty and guilt. Um, because I mean, he creates Ultron. Uh, you know, well, even before he, that, his his weapons yeah. create stuff, and then he wants to make amends for that. And- That's right. right. And then what happens with what happens with Spider Man and Infinity War? Like it's all. It, it, man, just this is this kind of leads into another thing that I want to quickly just bring up before we move on. Um, uh, our, our our good friends at uh, Hey, do you remember Chris Schrader? Um, I was listening to their latest episode uh, where they covered the Flintstones, um, that terrible, terrible movie. Um, <laughs> that movie, that movie does aesthetic so well. Like, um, it it did re- it like really looked like the cartoon, the original, and things like that. Chris brings up a great point where he talks. He says that um, you can almost compare this to Marvel, except where Marvel uh, excels um, is the characters. Like you feel for Captain America, you feel for Iron Man because they do such a good job with these characters, whilst also um, making the movies really aesthetically pleasing and and sort of really true to the source material. Um, And and dude, I, I, I totally like reacted to that to that to that statement by chris because it was so on the money like they marvel absolutely do their characters justice so well mm-hmm. right yeah i totally agree with that for sure um unless we got anything else to say guys do you want to jump right into it man yeah. i got a million more things to say let's just jump in because they'll come out <laughs> as guys they'll, they'll come s- out as a guys i'm man. so we got, stoked we got, to talk about this let's do it we got two hours and 15 minutes of movie to cover so let's get into this bitch most of the intelligence community doesn't believe he exists. The ones that do call him the Winter Soldier. He's a ghost. You'll never find him. I joined S.H.I.E.L.D. to protect people. You have to, to build a better world. Sometimes means tearing the old one down. That makes enemies. Fast. Strong. Had a metal arm. Are you ready? All it takes is one step. People are gonna die. I can't let that happen. 
Captain America needs my help. When do we start? We just did. The price of freedom is high. And it's a price I'm willing to pay. You told me not to trust anyone. This is how it ends. Everything goes. Looks like you're giving the orders now, Captain. Damn right. guys from the bad guys if they're shooting at you they're bad We kick it off in Washington DC. Um, I immediately like the, the the way it just kind of fades in and it's like it's a whole different setting. Like it's it's really it's really good to see something other than New York. <laughs> right. I yeah. think yeah, we got the Washington Monument, which will um, later the score. play the Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, we get the the pretty cool score. I, I like the score in this from Henry Jackman. Um, like it's very patriotic, uh, and it feels yeah. very Captain America esque. Um, we get introduced to the Falcon. Um, you know, he's jogging away, and Captain America. We get this really comedic scene on your left. <laughs> I, I really dug this. Mm-hmm. This is a really cool way to introduce these two. I think, um, and I was like it's just it's just cool man like they immediately have chemistry already um what i love what do you, what do you think what, yeah, I love what do you guys about think about scene? the the falcon yeah oh man you want to just talk falcon he's oh, great well, man he's great man like um anthony mackie is so charismatic he's you can tell he loves this role so much um and as as time's going on he's he's just become even more and more charismatic um throughout but I love how they meet in this scene. I love one of my favorite things in films is like where you you take a line and then you you bring it back later on with a new meaning. Um, I love those type of callbacks. And on your left is such a great one. It's it's um, it's funny. Like he's all like reacting to it and stuff. And it's, it's simple. Just a great it's way so to simple. start things. It's so simple. But you know what? It's a great way to establish um, characters. Like we see Captain America. He's inhumanly fast. Right, so but already we get an understanding of the scale because one thing that this movie does very differently to the previous um, appearances of Captain America is his powers. I feel like a uh, they're a bit more they show them off a bit more. Like they're a bit think, more refined. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. if you look in um, the first Avenger Defined, and Avengers, um, he he's, he's he's using guns in those films, and he's not um, he's not doing crazy jumps and he's not doing all that. He hasn't. He's not so much of a super, super soldier. And this film he is. And we see it straight away with the running. We get that he's a really nice person with the way he's talking. And and you can tell he's very about, he's all about duty. He's all about like his morals and stuff. And then um, we get also a nice introduction to Black Widow when she picks them up as well. Yeah. Colin, what do you think about this opening? 
Uh, I like it a lot. It's it's funny because I look at Anthony Mackie and all I think is Papa Doc from Eight Mile, uh, <laughs> because you know that movie came out when I was in like middle school. And uh, there's yeah. a really funny meme actually of like this guy's an adventure. His real name's Clarence, like like which is a line straight out of Eight Mile. Um, uh, but I think it. it's great because not only like I, like he's conscious of. I don't know. There's something about Captain America where he's conscious of running up on this guy and he's not, you know, he's not saying hello. He's not like, Hey, how you doing? You know, he's just saying on your left, you know, it's just, it's respect. It's a common courtesy. Hey, I'm next to you. Like working, working in the restaurant industry. We do that all the time. Hey, behind you, knife coming around, sharp, hot, you know, like there's a lot of, of calls going around and it's just common courtesy that you don't want to disrupt the people around you. You don't want to hurt them. And like, it spoke to me just from working in the restaurant industry. And I was like, Oh, that's kind of cool. You know, we say that I can't tell you how many times I've heard on your left. Like I've heard it so many times. So it really struck home for me. And I, it's great because like you said, we're opening up in Washington. It's not some dark, you know, very gritty kind of like opening. It's comedic. It's lighthearted. We're seeing, you know, this movie's about Captain America. What are, what's the world like now that he's in it? You know, and they've got this hilarious, um, exchange where he tells him the Marvin Gaye album and you looked at all the shit he's written down he's written like oh, disco so Nirvana cool. like Rocky 2 he's written down a lot of great things that he's missed out on so like right away instead of just telling people you know you could have this done in such a shittier fashion where he's just talking about you know exposition and talking about all the people that he's missed but right away we really start to feel if you look at that list you know it starts with I Love Lucy and ends with like Nirvana it's like oh shit like this guy has really missed out on a lot and it's great to set it up comedically but also show us at the same time exactly how much it is that he's missed well to add on to that like that's also a great example of um, probably one of Marvel's greatest Easter eggs. So for those who don't know, this list is different for many different countries and different um, different continents and stuff. So depending on what version you're watching, you're going to see different things on the list. For us, I think we had um, Skippy. Well, we, ha- the we, we have the same list. No, no, we have. No? The, I think we have the same list as uh, as America. Um, I believe. Okay, I, I, maybe I'm wrong. I didn't check when I rewatched. No, no, this, no. You're right. But... You're right because I remember watching this at the movies and like um and reading an, an article at the same time and it was like this this the, the list appears differently in almost every country. So, um yeah, but it, it's 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 a pretty cool Easter egg. If you if you check if you want to go on a deep Google dive and check out all the lists, some of those references are like pretty like hmm, maybe that's not the first thing I'll tell them to check out. But it is a it is a nice little nudge, and it goes to show like how much fun Marvel likes having with this stuff, and how much they like to um just give their fans reasons to come back and watch. And I love those little Easter eggs, man. That attention to detail, sure. it just makes you feel so um it's, it's so cool. inviting to it's dive cool. into it. Yeah, yeah, inviting is the right word. Um, there's another thing that I really wanted to talk about here, and it starts here actually. Um, the the whole idea of um the um the veterans and the way that the war the war has the wars have affected different people like um you get um the falcon talking about uh he's like it's your bed right like that's why you can't sleep and things like that mm-hmm. um it's it's so clever it is so clever because this um captain america's from world war 2 and you know i believe uh falcon's from afghanistan so it's it's just it's just really clever to kind of weave that um, sort of VA stuff into the story. I think. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, crazy how they go from a comedic moment like the "Don't say, don't say, don't say" on your left to that, mm-hmm. 
so quickly and they give out so much information so quickly. The amount of time that we've spoken about this is longer than the actual scene, but that's how much great shit they've packed into such a short amount of time because there's so much that we can just take out of it. For sure. Uh, Colin, were you about to say something there? Oh, no, no, no. I think uh, I think I was just going to say that, yeah, it's it's great to see that, you know, yeah, we start off on a light-handed note, but, you know, this is Captain America. This is a guy that, had he not been frozen, would have been in every single war, you know, to date. He would have been in all yeah. of this stuff. But while he's been a, while he's been frozen, here are, here's a real soldier. This guy really has been in real war since you've been asleep. And I, I think it's, it's great that, yeah, we look at Captain America and it's like, yeah, you're a soldier. Yeah, you're awesome. You're awesome. Awesome. But no one ever wants to talk about the PTSD from that of, of yeah. you know, of, of basically facing your own death and living through it. And I think a lot of people, you know, a lot of people forget that, that this guy stared down the barrel of a loaded gun and crashed this ship and ended up coming out, you know, coming out clean on the other side, thankfully. But Everyone wants to ignore the fact that, you know, Captain America has lost all of these people. They're just sending him to, you know, B- Bolivia and Bavaria and wherever else he needs to go. But it's this, this is kind of, you know, it is as as stupid as it sounds. It's kind of like no one has asked Captain America, like, how like, how are you? How are you adjusting with all of this? Like how they just kind mm. of drop him in and expect him to be able to do it. And I think it's great to definitely. actually see how he feels ar- about the things around him. Definitely, definitely. Um, so Scarlett Johansson shows up. Oh, she's a smoke show in this movie. Yeah. Um, she shows up in her Corvette, that sweet, sweet Corvette, um, because Captain America has a mission. And then we uh, we transition over to the Indian Ocean, where they're in the Quinjet. Well, we get introduced to a few soldiers here that I really wanted to talk about. Um, Frank, this guy, Frank Grillo. Uh, he comes back in uh, Civil War as Crossbones, yes. um, a villain. Uh, Frank Grillo, by himself, is actually a really damn good actor. Um, I recommend checking out Warrior, which stars Tom Hardy and Joel Edgerton. Um, he's he's in that. Um, he's in, I believe, he's in the the Purge movies as well, the the sequels. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's he's definitely uh, he's got a screen presence that really makes him watchable, um, especially in this movie too. Like he's got he's got this um, aggression um, that that really he plays really well. There's also another guy here that I want to talk about as well. Uh, his name is Callan Mulvey. Um, he's an Australian actor. He was from Underbelly. He's breaking out into bigger movies as well. He was actually in Batman vs Superman as yeah. KG Beast. Um, he's awesome, man. He's uh, he's got this pretty crazy facial scar um i had a quick look into that apparently um he got into he got into an accident here in sydney um and they literally had to like replace his like half of his face because it was so like destroyed like i noticed the eye and i was kind of like what's up with that and like i will say though frank grillo somebody fucked up not letting this guy play punisher somebody really fucked up somewhere dude because i was i watched that second purge movie and he's in a black he's in a black like muscle car yeah he's in all black he's running around with like an m16 i was like dude somebody fucked up real hard not letting Mm. this guy like don't get me wrong uh the tv show from what i've seen is is great and um and what's his the guy who plays Shane on Walking Dead? I'm fucking totally drawing a blank. Um, but he he does he does. John Oh, yeah, thank you, thank you. Yes, yeah, he does a great job. But this guy needs to. If they do another film adaptation, I mean, he's. I understand it. He's he's already this Crossbones character, and I just read an article the other day where he said he is coming back again as Crossbones. But I what? mean, this guy, this guy needs to, in some degree, try to tackle the Punisher because he just he just emulates him so well. And I just the whole time I'm like, okay, the guy, whoever this guy is, not Frank Castle. That's all I called him the whole time watching it was not Frank Castle. <laughs> um, but yes. Yeah, 
somebody fucked up not letting that guy play the Punisher for real. Yeah, see what I mean? Like he really does that aggression really well. Um, mm-hmm. Like, and he could definitely pull the Punisher off. But um, I want to talk yeah, there about are... with this scene. Sorry, if you don't mind. No, no, go on. I, I was, I was going to move on, but yeah. What I on. love, all this sort of goes into the next one as well, and a bit throughout. But um, uh, something that this film does really well, probably better than a lot of other films, is the everyday life sort of conversations that people have. Like here, N- Natasha sort of starts leading into an ongoing it's kind of like a running joke but to me it's just great character building about trying to find steve rogers a date um and like it becomes an ongoing gag but it's like yeah fuck this dude's 95 he hasn't like who's he seeing who does he relate to is that joke about his barbershop quartet being dead like i just really love that going in um, it's and, cool, man. And the- we really do establish like the relationships between these characters quickly. And I remember thinking, like, when they do a sequel to Captain America, what are they going to do? I didn't think that they were going to do like a, a shield based like movie. It makes sense, but yeah. And I just love how like they're sending out these missions now and stuff. Like, unlike the other Avengers who are like living their day to day lives and then they have to become heroes when the time is needed, this dude is a soldier all the time. He's doing missions, um, just like Black Widow, and and yeah, and like I love seeing that here. Um, yeah, for sure. Um, so this is this is just this scene quickly. This is the strike team. Um, they're just doing a, a quick deep uh, brief mission briefing before they uh, head in over here. Um, they the the ship Lemurian Star. Uh, it's been overtaken by pirates. About twenty five of them. Um, and basically, they're just going to go and rescue S.H.I.E.L.D. agents. Um, we get a quick rundown of who's in charge of the pirates. Um, his name is George's ba- George Batrock. George's? Uh, he's played by George's St. Pierre, who is a massive, massive UFC champion. Like, mm-hmm. he's... Uh, he's Man, this guy can fight. And you see his fucking skills later. Like, I don't know if all that... Like, I'm sure there was no wire work when they did his, like, scenes, like, fight scenes. Um, what I didn't know about yeah. this character until recently, he's from the comics. Um, he's called Batrock yes. the Leaper, and yeah. he's he's like a cheesy sort of character, known for jumping really high and stuff. Um, but they did a really nice um, transition to him to make him more realistic. And if you look carefully in his costume, you see like little bits of purple and stuff, which is like small hints to his original costume. And in a way, it is kind of close-ish. It's just a lot more realistic. And um, hmm. I didn't know this my first couple times watching it. He was such a minor character. But um, when I when I heard of that, I was like, what? And I went on this huge Wikipedia dive. And I'm like, fuck, man, this is the stuff that Marvel does really good. They, they bring back all these subtle hints. For someone who would know him, they would have lost their shit. But for me, it's like, oh, okay, it's just a cool bad guy. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I, I knew who um, St. Pierre was back then. So I was like, this, this is pretty awesome. <laughs> um, we're going to... We're going to take this action sequence as a whole. We're not going to sort of go, you know, and then he kicked him, and then he kicked him. So, um, Colin, talk to me about this this entire action sequence here. Uh, I think this is really the setup for why this movie has, uh, I'm going to say, I think it's the best choreography out of any Marvel movie that I've seen. A hundred percent, yes. Right. I, I, would, I, I would definitely, I would hard debate somebody about, about you know, Infinity Wars got some great ones. I'm sure Spider-Man well, we haven't does. seen... 
we Not haven't sure. seen this kind of this we haven't seen this kind of action sort of fight sequences in a Marvel movie since and before this, I think. Right. Yeah. Um, it's like it's like CrossFit meets shit, parkour. Yeah. Like I don't even know how to yeah. describe it. It's like everything MMA is, kind of thing. Yeah, everything is fluid. Uh, you know, everybody is there. Everything is always bouncing off of each other. And I, th- I think, I mean, not not to make a pun because of the shield and shit, but um, <laughs> just just with uh, uh, j- you know, just the choreography in that. The 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 only shot that I do want to touch on is when he's running down the side of the ship and you see him just fucking oh, dropping man. people and it's like oh man you know and that's that's just a taste of this whole scene and it's great because we're really showing that you know when you unleash Captain America like dude this guy is you know not only is he fast but he's extremely agile like I, I think I think it's it's so cool I, I, the, when you think of like agile quick people in the Marvel universe you know I'm thinking Spider Man I'm not thinking like you know I'm I'm not thinking that fucking Captain America is going to be doing parkour videos on YouTube and shit. You know, this guy is just so fast. Um, And I I think it's great. I think it sets the precedent for the rest of the movie and their choreography and how the fight scenes play a part. And this, this is the, you know, when the, the fight scene between Captain America and what's, what's the fighter's name? Do you say Dom St. Pierre? Uh, George's, George's St. Pierre. George's St. Pierre. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, you know what? Let's, let's, Let's let's break this up a little. Let's talk about because um, I wanted to talk about that fucking fight scene as a separate man like that. You can talk about that forever, but um, yeah, talk to me about um, until they rescue the hostages because like that's 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 when because this fight scene what they do cleverly in this movie is like they break they have these massive action sequences, but within the action sequences they're kind of broken up into thirds or like sections, mm-hmm. um, like. You know, you get this, you get this drop down, and then you got him kind of like stealthily moving across the ship, and then you've got um, the 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 sort of the 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 breach where they breach the uh, the bridge and rescue the hostages, and then you've got the fight with with uh, GSP. So, um, yeah, no, well, you know, talk to talk about it however you want to, obviously. <laughs> I, I was just going to say that, like, what I what I love about it is the fact that this is with, with Marvel. I think that a common complaint a lot of people have, and then I mean, I kind of have too, is that it's just it's so hard to get locked into it sometimes when you know everything is just green around them. They're not even talking to real people. Like you, you it kind of takes you out of it a little bit if you know how these movies are made. But when you're watching this, I mean, obviously there's a lot of CGI, but this whole fight. Between him, uh, yeah, between him and the and the UFC fighters is so great because they're you know it, it's not a lot of CGI. It's just really really well done choreography, and you can tell they worked their fucking asses off to get that right. Um, and so, I mean, Sebastian is it Sebastian Shaw or Sebastian Stan? Sebastian Stan. Sebastian Stan. Thank you. Sebastian Shaw is from X Men. I'm sorry, um, but. <laughs> Basically, Sebastian Stan, you know, he practiced for five or six months, you know, learning about the Cold War and not only the physical thing, but they said when he was not filming, he was constantly out doing his moves and fighting with the knife and, and fighting anybody he could just to get – he was like, I, I you know, because it's, it's keeping me leveled up. You know, when I go and I sit down and I get out of the chair and, I'm you know, I'm not physically prepared to do it. He's like, but if I keep doing it, I'm always going to be fresh and ready to go. And I was like, that kind of commitment d- deserves to be respected and deserves to be mentioned. You know, it's, it's just so great. Great, the whole choreography in it, man. What I love 100%, about man. what I love about this scene, um, there's a shot where um, he throws the shield and it bounces off a few people and hits them and stuff. And what I love about that is it really sets up to, oh snap, this Captain America fights a lot differently than he did in the first film, um, mm-hmm. and how he starts doing his flips and stuff. I'm like, yeah, he's like a total badass now. I fucking 
Love that. And I remember that getting so hyped. Um, we see Black Widow doing like her little spy action stuff, which we got like a little bit of a taste of Iron Man 2, I feel. Um, but not to this extreme. And like, it really feels like a military mission, stealth mission being thrown in there, um, which is great. And then if you want to break down to that, that, that fight scene, like... It's just so well, the way they, they shot, it's like they use, they're not afraid to use long, wide shots. You can see it's all the actors doing it. Um, it's so cool. And then you get that cool little chat where it's like, um, are you more than a shield? He puts it away. He's like, we'll see. <laughs> um, yeah. It's so, it's such a great opening to the film. It's so exciting. It's dope. Just quickly, I did want to talk about um, probably the, the MVP that they're trying to rescue here, Jasper Sitwell. Um, he comes back into it a bit later, um, this this bald sort of shield agent. Um, he was in a few... Um, Marvel do... I'm not too sure if they're still doing, but they're called one-shots, um, kind of like a short film that kind of accompanies like these bigger films. Um, and I think I think he was... I believe he was in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I'm not too yeah, sure. Yeah, no, he was. And he was a major yeah. um, he's a player, player into yeah. a few episodes around the Winter yeah. Soldier area. Um, and he's yeah, one of those sure. minor characters that are... Um, he helps connect a lot of things together. Um, yeah. And again, something I love so much about Marvel as well. Um, for sure. For sure. And, um, but yeah. yeah, we... Oh, no. Is there anything else? Oh, no, no, go on, go on, go on. Oh, no. I was just going to move us through it. So, um, obviously, they rescue rescue the agents. Uh, some of these shots are just absolutely incredible. Like, the shot of, like, the soldiers just on the outside of the ship um, as they rappel down. It's, it's just so cool, man. Like, it's and how like, quiet they are. It's so how cool. quiet they are yeah like um kevin feige uh who's the head honcho of marvel he described this as a as a sort of a spy conspiracy movie which is which it absolutely is like this is like there's double crosses and things like that that's that's kind of sprinkled through here it's it's awesome man like this um and the way this this first 15 to 20 minutes is kind of playing out like it just sets the tone of the film so well um but yeah, the we get we get um, GSP's character def, uh, sort of fleeing, running away. Um, the the entire sort of conceit of that fight fight scene, you guys have kind of already laid out, is just amazing. Like the way it's shot, mm-hmm. it's all in wide angles, and like there's no there's no kind of fuckery here. Like I mean, you know, maybe I know that Batroc can fight by himself. Um, without ropes but i'm not too sure if steve rogers oh sorry uh, chris evans can but like it doesn't look like there's any fuckery here like it looks like these two are actually kind of going at it and like you know breaking bones there's probably a like a stunt double in somewhere but you can't tell you really yeah, right exactly and it's such a great hand-to-hand combat scene um, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm not usually a big fan of like hand-to-hand combat. I'd rather I'd rather see fi- a firefight, but this movie, man, like this this is just we'll get to it when um during the the later action scene with the with the Winter Soldier, there is some amazing shit that happens there later. But um, essentially, Black Widow's downloading, doing some CD shit, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, it, it's a, it's just interesting scene, like. Steve grabs Batra or whatever. They smash him through the door. And he comes in. He's like, "What are you doing here?" And she, he, there's like a nice conversation where it's like, "I'm doing my mission." He's like, "What are you talking?" That, that's not part of the mission. It's not part of your mission. And he sort of realize that's where he starts playing these seeds for. Oh shit! What Shield up to? Which are like these little suspicions we even got in Avengers. Um, 
and it really just go. You start remembering. Oh shit, that's right. Black Widow's a fucking spy. She's a spy her whole life. He's a soldier. She's a spy, and um, it really starts setting things up really, really well. I think. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Colin, do you have anything else to say before we move on? Uh, no, just that, yeah, I was actually going to move on to the next scene where he's talking to Nick Fury yeah. about what's happening. And I, I kind of think about this, like, I think what's great about these, like, this, this is kind of almost like an espionage kind of movie. It's kind of a political thriller in a mm. way. And I think that yeah. they do really well with taking their politics seriously with what this kind of character would really be like if he existed in the world. Um not only that, but Nick Fury's kind of right. You know, basically, not everybody can know everything all the time. He's like, we do not put all of our eggs in one basket. Not everyone can be trusted 110%. And, I mean, he's fucking right. I Like, I think that it's one of the few instances where, I, like, I was watching a movie and I was like, no, I kind of disagree with Captain America. Like, I think that what Nick Fury is saying is really right to an extent. Um, but they, but, but at the same time, there are flaws with it. But Captain America is kind of, um, kind of naive to a lot of this. Uh, I think he understands, I think he, I think he definitely understands how the world works, but in the same breath, he's almost too trusting on things. He, he, he thinks too well of people sometimes, and maybe it's just the cynical 28 year old asshole in me. But there's there is something to be said about you know Nick Fury is kind of like yeah he's like this is the world that you live in now this is not 1941 you know you've got to come to you've got to come to terms with the world that you live in now and I think that's a great kind of driving theme of the whole movie and Nick Fury kind of spells it out for him in this whole scene it's great it's it's really good dialogue I think this scene captures the the what makes this film so great I think this is like if you could sum up the Winter Soldier in one scene in terms of themes it's this scene because. It's, you got things of like, I feel like Captain America here, he's who, um, you know, maybe he, he represents idealistic America, but maybe um, you could say Sam Jackson's character, Nick Fury here, he's, he's kind of representing um, kind of the thoughts that it seems to be America has with its military a, a lot these days. And for, and for justifiable reasons, both sides you could put, um, you know, you could you could point criticisms at, and when when Sam Jackson's like, look, we we want to I forget the exact wording, but he's like, we want to stop the threats before they're a threat. Um, that's like, oh shit, okay. I remember hearing talks about that after nine eleven. That that makes a lot of sense. But then you got Captain America on the other hand saying, well, then that's not was it? It's like um, usually oh, what's the quote? It's like usually the punishment comes after the crime, you know. And mm. so that's a very like traditional mindset. Um, versus this so all these things of paranoia and surveillance is coming to play and what I find really interesting is um, uh, there was a great interview recently with Kevin Feige he was talking about it and he goes um, so when the film came out that was like around time the NSA stuff was going down I believe and he was like yeah this was a coincidence we didn't plan to have this um, political commentary to affect with a real life event but um, it just goes to show with the writers that there was so on the mark with where I think America, maybe even the world is when we start talking about security and terrorism and things like that and surveillance surveillance. And um, this film really does capture a lot of those themes. And we see Captain America, like what we'd like it to be versus what is going on. Um, and, you know, you, you could argue, make arguments on both sides, but um, it just goes to show like this film is one of those films where it's, it has something to say. It has a message. 
And, you know, you could be on four and against either side. It's, 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 you know, until Hydra comes into play. But yeah, that's, it's so yeah. fucking good, man. This movie's so right. fucking good. For sure. For sure. <laughs> you, you, you right there? You want to you wanna fucking clean up the jizz? Uh, just so a side note. Good. Just a side note. Matt took steroids for the first time before this episode. Yeah. No. <laughs> and, and, and cocaine. And, and he's got some cocaine on his nose over there. <laughs> Um, I don't want to go past this story that um, that Fury that Fury tells in the elevator with the grandfather. Um, mm. Keep on stepping. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, we get we get the the reveal of the three heli carriers. I I love the way this movie reveals shit. Just the way like you get Captain America's little kind of like he's curious. You see him kind of look out, and then Fury's like they're a little bigger than a twenty two, and you just get the 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 look of these like three massive heli carriers, yeah. um, which are also sporting the new the new um, the new technology from Stark, courtesy of Stark, because he got shredded in Avengers by the the old uh, propeller. Yeah. Mm. Um, which in a way yeah. I think is planting seeds for Ultron because the concept of it's always looking over the world, it's kind of trying to neutralize threats before it happens. Really mm, goes yeah. into like what he says later on about an armor for the world, you know, Ultron and all that. Yeah. Which is interesting. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Just, uh, just, well, just, just, oh, sorry. I was, I was just going to say real quick. Um, this also rings something from the Dark Knight to me with Batman's sonar oh, technology yeah. and, and with Fox. Yeah. Right. Yes. And it, and it's, it's great because Batman understands that this is like, you know, this is not something that you can use all the time that you really, it's doing the work for you. You can't, I mean, we're, we're heroes. We have to go out and we're the ones hitting the pavement and we're the one busting heads and we're the ones knocking on doors. We don't let a goddamn machine do it for us because we're the best hands for this to be in. And I think that's such a great point, you know, and Batman kind of has that realization, but shield on the other hand, that's just such a large organization, obviously dealing with this with so many people and so many lives being at stake. I I understand their point though. Yeah. Captain America has this through line where he doesn't really trust. uh, Well, he's, he's very careful of who he trusts in the, in the MCU. Um, Like what you just said, Colin is word for word, uh, a quote that he says in civil war. He's like the safest hands are still our own. Mm -hmm. Um, Like that's, that's fucking awesome, man. They've just fleshed this character out so well. Um, but look, moving on, we get to the uh, Air and Space Museum. I actually went here in February. It's really cool to see it, like in oh, sweet, like in person, man. Like in DC, um, all of their fucking museums are free. Like, how amazing is that? Like, if this was Sydney, if this was Sydney, Matt, they would charge you like a hundred dollars just to get in, and then like probably like a hundred dollars to ride the fucking elevator up to the second floor. <laughs> <laughs> but um. Yeah, this is this is a really touching moment. Um, like Cap, Captain America gets to see like what he's become in history. Like this this icon, this person who who's a living legend. Um, just and and this moment that he has with this kid, like he's just admiring him. He wants to be him, and then he takes off his cap, does a little shush. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's really cool. Like superhero, it's not secret identity because everyone like knows him, but. Um, it's really cool, like superhero stuff, and it's really inspiring. I think, like, it's it's very important that a movie like this is inspiring to to kids. Um, it's just a it's just a beautiful moment. And then we get um, we learn we get a little back backstory. I think it might have been a little bit. It was a little heavy handed. I think um, to give us this much backstory about Barnes, uh, Bucky Barnes, mm-hmm. because like at this point we're a bit like, well, we don't know who the Winter Soldier is because. You know, but then, like, who else is there? Who else could it possibly be? Oh, no, no, I gotta disagree with you. I don't think 
there is a mystery there's a big mystery about them trying to discover who the winter soldier is they don't really go ahead and try and delve into his past and stuff i think this scene is trying to tell us kind of like what colin was leading to earlier about loss you know we're meant to feel sorry for him because it's his last friend he, he this is his best friend and he lost him and that's why i think i think it's the next scene or the scene after where he goes and finds peggy because again like he's in this place of loneliness and you know everyone he knows is is gone so i feel like yeah this scene does set up the winter soldier reveal a bit later on you're right but i feel like the main takeaway at least for me is damn he lost his best friend well it's not it's not how the movie uh, it's not what this scene okay i'm i'm saying that the movie is intentionally trying to create a mystery out of the identif- uh, out of the identity of the winter soldier like the way we get the score like his music the way he appears out of the fog earlier uh, like later in the movie um like it's definitely someone that he knows um and i think at that point when you're watching the movie you're thinking you're like okay who could it possibly be and then you're like oh shit it's probably bucky because it can't be anyone else like, uh, you know I don't I mean? know because there's there's no dialogue. It's like I wonder who he is. You know what I mean? Where do you fall? Where do you fall into it, Colin? Well, I don't know because uh, I think that um, I think that it's a, it is a little heavy handed. They're trying to. They're kind of like, hey, hey, see this guy? Look at him. This is this guy. This yeah. guy. It's kind of heavy handed, <laughs> but at the same time, like we do need to understand about the loss. And I think I think they're right. You know, of course. Everybody thinks that, you know, the way that they would have gone about it is the best way. And I hate to be that kind of asshole. But the way I see it in my head, it's just kind of like instead of like inseparable on the uh, inseparable on the playground and the battlefield, Steve Rogers and blah, blah, blah. Um, <laughs> I think that there could, it wasn't so, it couldn't have been so handy, heavy handed. I think, you know, if they had just dropped in there, you know, the fact that that Bucky was the only one who lost his life. You know, I think that that automatically, boom, we show loss and boom, we show guilt. We show it immediately because, you know, just cutting over to Captain America and Captain America maybe just like laying his head down or, you know, shedding a tear or whatever, you know, we, we can do it by showing the audience and not just being, having heavy handed kind of um, like somewhat exposition and somewhat foreshadowing. Like yeah, rule like, number one in filmmaking, right? Show, don't tell. Fuck yeah, yeah dude. Yes, I, I guess. Um, I, I, something I'll, I'll throw oh, no, out Go there. ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I'll throw this out there though. Um and one of the ways they, they change some source material, which I find interesting, is is the dynamics. So when they do introduce the Winter Soldier character in the comics, um, it's it's a, I feel like a little bit more tragic because Bucky Barnes, when he was first introduced, he was basically Robin from Batman and Robin. He was like this sixteen year old kid who would follow this, you know, this this adult superhero around. And then um, it was Marvel's idea to kill off Bucky Barnes for so long he was one of the only characters who stayed dead for forever because the idea was like no these these heroes shouldn't be taking like little kids out with them to fight these little like literal like huge threats and stuff that was kind mm. of like a lesson and why a lot of marvel superheroes don't have sidekicks um and so it was, it was really tragic it's like child died now with the movies what i actually like and it still works but they they sort of flip it around it's um steve rogers when we first met him was like this weak little you know thing and he's sort of looking up to bucky if anything you know and like i find that really interesting and like that became like you know the 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 bromance between these guys is so powerful and strong they're not side it wasn't like a sidekick scenario it's just like it's like best friends and again that loss of friendship that loss of that life is it's uh 
Yeah, it's it's a really powerful sure. moment. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Then we get this scene with this really harrowing scene with um with Agent Carter. Um, I don't. It's it's really tough for me. For it's really tough for a movie, f- like to me, kind of like cry. <laughs> I, mm-hmm. I, first time, first time I saw this, I cried. Uh, ah. Just just because like. Just because uh, at the time my grandmother was still alive and she kind of was exhibiting these kinds of symptoms as well, mm. um, just the way she carries on with this conversation and then it immediately kind of circles like to the start again. So um, yeah. It was very, it was very very tough to watch for me. Um, she's 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 an inc- incredible actress, Haley Atwell, and and this entire scene is just sold so well. Um, it's a uh, I, I, yeah yeah because I, yeah. Yeah, I I kind I kind of wondered because you know at first it's just a totally normal like coherent conversation you know and she it's great because you know Captain America's like you know I've lost everybody and blah 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 and she's like she's like you always were so dramatic and she just like cuts his feet out from under him it's so great uh, it's mm. it's great because they're having this real conversation and she's like you know you were always just so dramatic but I I had no idea of what her condition was until she all of a sudden was just like Steve. Oh, it's you, and I was like, "Wait, what the fuck?" Yeah. Is-? I was like, "Oh my god!" And it, it totally fucking got me. Uh, the first, like, I mean, this is probably the second time I've seen this movie, um, mm-hmm. but it totally caught me by surprise because it it be it would be different if we had like, you know, like when you see at the end of Benjamin Button, you know, he's he's kind of getting incoherent, he's he's defensive and paranoid. It would have been different if this would have been the whole conversation the entire time with 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 Peggy Carter, but they save it until the very end, and you're like, oh, fuck! Yeah. Like it really hits you hard because you think that everything is a okay and everything's fine. Well, she's old, she's she's getting sick. That happens. It's like no, this is this is actually a little bit worse than you think, and that's what really got me with a gut punch because I had a similar experience with my grandmother. She passed away about two years ago. She was uh, she was 99 years old. Um, but she, like, but the, 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 the issue is like, um, you know, as, as I was growing up, you know, I wasn't bald with a red beard. I was a black headed kid with no facial hair. And now, you know, it's 20 something years later. And my grandmother had trouble recognizing me. She didn't really know who I was. And part of that is obviously part of that is obviously, you know, the, the, the age and she, you know, her, her mental state was fine. She could recognize a lot of people just fine, but she always had trouble recognizing me because I just looked so vastly different so like i it definitely got me in the same way i think it got you zoheb because i wasn't expecting it and it just like it it like it just like hit me right in the nuts when i was least expecting it and i was like you motherfucker like it kind of made me mad for a second and i was like no okay okay it's a good scene it's a good scene don't take it so personally (laughs) i was like it's a good scene it's a good scene (laughs) yeah i think like that way to end that scene with that moment it's just so powerful but not only is it it's sad because yeah she's going through that it's also sad because like it reminds you about how old he is and how much he missed mm-hmm. out on. Like he loved her. And there was such a great line where he's like, um, it's a callback to the first film where he says something like, um, I, I owed you that dance or for, for my best girl or something like that. Um, yeah. And it's like, yeah, it was like one of the last things he ever said to her before he quote unquote died. Um, so that's like really, it really gets you. It's a great character building moment for, for cap. Um, but if I could just throw in another direction, if I could throw in a slight criticism for this film, I don't think the uh, the effects on her aging have aged well, if that makes any sense. 
Really? I don't think they I hold up. I think they up. look amazing. I was watching it the other day. I remember when I first saw it, it was like, wow, it's amazing. But I don't think it holds up. Um, I think it's practical, dude. I, I don't know. There's something about it. And maybe it's because, you know, I've watched two seasons of Agent Carter and seen it and all this other stuff. But like, I'm just looking at it. I'm like, I don't buy it. It looks fake to me. Um, the, the, I- the aging there. I was going to say 100%. I did not think it was Haley Atwell. Like, I thought that, uh, like, because I, th- I think that th- I think that it does look good to the point that I was like, is that is that Haley Atwell? I was like, there's no way. And then slowly but surely as I was watching eyes, and I was like, yeah. yeah, I was like, okay, that's that's definitely her. But it was, I, I see what you mean. Like, at, at first, it, at first I totally bought it. But then upon, like, you know, other viewings and stuff, I was like, nah, I'm not 100% on board with this. But it doesn't take me out of the movie at all. But it, it was a little bit jarring. I totally do see your point, though, Matt. I think it does look great. But at the same time, it does kind of like, huh, what? Like, it kind of it kind of makes you, makes you double check, you know? Honestly, it's just a super small nitpick because so I'm not completely jizzing over the film. But that's only one of my very minor nitpicks I could come up for this film. That's how fucking mm. great it is. And I, mm-hmm. I gotta I'm say, watching I'm watching it now, and I'm like, I'm 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 still blown away. You know, <laughs> maybe uh, it's just me. Well, that's just because you want to fuck Haley Atwell. <laughs> yeah, that's true, but not in this. Not with the not not with the makeup. Oh man, don't don't. You know what? We will not kink shame you. Okay, we will not shame you. Um, <laughs> but. But uh, I gotta say, I feel the same about the um, the younger effects for Steve Rogers, like when he's like pre. Oh, buff. dude! Oh, those I look terrible. Like, I'm gonna be honest; those look terrible. Like, really? I remember at I, the I, time. I, 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 I like dig them. At the time, everyone was like blown away. But I look at it now, and I don't feel like it. It's aged very well, and like another ten years, we'll be maybe laughing at it. But for now, it's like I'm starting to see it. Now not I as will. Well. S- I will say this: It looks way better than it did in First Avenger. Way better. Yeah, like it, yeah, I agree it, with it that. It looks so yeah. much better, but it, but it's just because we only catch him in brief glimpses, you know, for, for, as his older self. It's really just like a quick flashback, and uh, you don't really, you know, it's not as yeah. as over the top as it was in uh, the First Avenger. You know, it's kind of like not to beat a dead horse, but I was watching Benjamin Button the other day, and that's that's a prime example of how not to do it. It looks awful. Brad Pitt looks terrible. It, in the beginning of the movie and as they move on and they get into more practical effects it looks great but I, I do I do think it looks better than in First Avenger but not by much not not really by much though <laughs> yeah alright let's let's move on um, we get this quick scene of uh, Sam of Nick Fury trying to access the Lemurian star files but his access is denied when the director of the sh- of of Shields access is denied, you know shit is up. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like, "What the fuck is going on?" So he goes to see his old pal, uh, played by Robert Redford, who is awesome in this. I I, I dig Robert Redford. Um, sometimes like Marvel, Marvel chuck these actors in who have so much class. Like, uh, um, <laughs> fuck, there was there was a recent one recently. I can't even remember it now. Um, well, Michael Douglas is awesome, I think, in yeah. Ant-Man, in Ant-Man. Um, like he's he's built up a thing, but like you get these like kind of these old A grade, you know, golden era actors like Robert Redford, and it just kind of elevates the the movie, I think. No, uh, for sure. What do you guys I- think of, of Redford? 
I, I was very surprised the first time I saw it. I was like, no fucking way. That is not Robert yeah. Redford. And I was extremely surprised. I did read a little bit that he eventually, you know, he, he just basically came out and was like, I did this because my grandkids love Marvel movies and I wanted to be in one. <laughs> you know, and I'm sure all I'm sure all he had. I mean, this talking about a guy that's in the fucking, you know, that's in Sting and so many other like classic classic films. I'm sure all this guy had to do was put in a phone call and they're like, oh, fuck yeah, dude. Like, yeah, you can be in our movie. Like, why the fuck not? Um, they also do a really good job with Thunderbolt Ross, uh, who's who's played by William Hurt. Yep. Um, yep. I, like uh, that guy is a great actor, but they bring they bring a presence to this movie where this this some of these movies sometimes feel like the flavor of the week kind of thing. You know, Chris Pratt and blah blah blah, and these are people who were who were just gooing and gawing over right now. But then we drop in these veteran actors every once in a while, and it fucking really kind of. Um, it kind of um, legitimizes the rest of the movie because we're seeing these real actors who we've seen and stuff for decades before. And it's not just Paul Rudd and it's not just Scarlett Johansson. It's people who have powerhouse films and have been in some of the best films of all time. And I think it brings a degree of legitimacy to the movie that kind of... kind 100%. Oh, okay, okay cool word. At, if you look at Marvel films, especially like the, the first phase one, it seems to be like their strategy with casting has been, okay... Let's get a no-name or not an A-grade level actor for the lead role. And then let's get a like a veteran that is like a super classy type actor as like the lead supporting role. Like um, mm-hmm. a good example, for example, let's, let's say Thor, for example, right? Chris Hemsworth, pretty much an unknown. But then you got Anthony Hopkins as like the, right. the lead support, you know? That's right. Um, I was thinking of Hopkins. In uh, Ca- Captain America, um, the first one, yeah. Um, we've got um, Chris Evans, not a, exactly a big name, but then you had Tommy Lee Jones as mm. one of the main supports, you know? Um, and there's a, there's a thousand other examples I could give. Um, yeah, Tom Tom Holland, Michael Caton, right? Yeah, there you go. Um, uh, Robert Downey Jr., who was like kind of on a slump at the moment. Um, and then you had him with... Um... Jeff Bridges. Yes, that's the name I was looking for. He's the dude, um, man. Yeah. The dude, and then Sam yeah. Jackson, I think, the for Marvel at the time. I think at the time for Marvel, Sam Jackson was a big get. Like, they were like, they would have been over the roof, I think, to have Sam Jackson in for such yeah. a huge yeah. contract as well. Um, but getting so, back to this film. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, Fury Fury meets with. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna call him Redford. I'm not even gonna call him by his by his character name because he's mm. fucking Redford. Um, Fury meets with Redford um, and asks him to project uh, to uh, delay Project Insight. Um, and you know, grudgingly, uh, Redford accepts. But Iron Man has to do a flyover <laughs> at his niece's, no, at no, his niece's not, birthday party. Not a flyover. He's got to do a meet and greet. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Sorry. Yes. How did I fuck that up? He has to mingle. <laughs> Jesus, the the one thing that he asked for, <laughs> like I fucked it up. <laughs> All right, um, and then we get this scene at the VA hospital. This is cool, man. Like we get we get a bit more um, a bit more backstory into into Falcon, like how he's uh, talking about how an RPG kind of knocked out his his mate out of the sky and and things like that. Um, it's really cool that that comes into into it a bit later. You know, he's still a soldier. Um, like the, just the character development of this movie is just absolutely incredible, you know. Right. Um, uh, I I do want to interject one thing, and I'm not going to talk about this forever. But I do believe there's like in in the comic books. I think at one point, um, Sam actually does become Captain America, and so does Bucky. At, you know, at some point, Captain yeah. always dies. He's died 15 million times. But yeah. the cool thing about this is they're both 
And like, even though Captain America has been frozen for so long, he's still grieving, and so is Sam. And they're both kind of finding each other in that grief. I think that's a great scene because Sam has lost somebody. He's lost his wingman. Captain's lost uh, Bucky. You know, they're kind of building a relationship, not just off of their loss, but like, hey, you lost someone. I lost someone. We found each other from that loss. But you know, I, I could have totally seen this movie going on with you know with Sam kind of becoming like the Bucky kind of thing. But but I can de- they they pair up together really well. That's all I really wanted to say. I don't want to talk about that forever. No, no, I, I completely one hundred percent agree, man. Um, in we've been waiting. Uh, actually, I'm pretty sure fans of the comics have been waiting. Um for chris evans to bite the dust um Mm -hmm. if that wasn't going to happen in infinity war it's probably going to happen in in number four so um you know it'll be really cool to see sam or bucky take the mantle as as captain america um but yeah after that we get this pretty fucking standout action sequence holy Um, shit dude this thing is fucking awesome it starts off with Fury pulling up alongside these cops. <laughs> Want to see my lease? He's so cool, man. He's just. This is like this is. He's basically Jules. <laughs> yeah. From, from Pulp Fiction, right? Um, but yeah, he's he's kind of boxed in, and just can we talk about the tension here? Like oh the way the music, the way the music kind of ramps up this entire sequence, and you see these kind of like these this SWAT team kind of like pile out of this van. It's sort of like. We haven't seen action like this done uh, in the MCU before. It feels so. It feels a bit like heat. I, I kind of get mm-hmm. a heat vibe from this. Do you? Like no, no, no. Dude, just the for way sure, how it's yeah. kind of. It's kind of like of- in this like urban environment. Like you know what I mean. Like it just feels so heat esque. I, I, I just I, feel uh, like nineties action films. That's the vibe I get, except done like in a modern way. You know. Yeah. I was like, as I was watching it, because I've actually been playing a little bit of this game lately. Uh, but I sat there and I was like, I feel like this is Nick Fury playing Grand Theft Auto Five. Like this, <laughs> this, this, this is him in the car. Like this is Jules from Pulp Fiction and Grand Theft Auto Five because he went. But somehow he goes from like one star to like six stars like that. And I was like, I was like, oh yeah. shit! I was like, dude, because I've been playing that recently, and I'm like, God, yeah, dude, put it in reverse. Come on, shoot out the window. You know what to do. Come on, <laughs> yeah. dude. But it's crazy you say heat because so much of Grand Theft Auto is actually based off of heat and i was like oh yeah, okay sure. cool so that's that's crazy we both drew different parallels from very similar things yeah, yeah. what's great about mention oh sorry. no no go matt what's great go about the, the tension building i just want to go into this real quick but the tension building here we've got little hints and clues something's going up with shield throughout the film but it's the first action moment where something happens you know now hydra's starting to do this stuff we don't know why we don't why the police attacking the like one of the heads of shield it's like so you got this little bit of element of like what's going on but i love how we've had these little clues these little breadcrumbs building up and then this happens and you're like oh fuck and then i'm watching it realizing oh shit i've never seen nick fury in an action scene before other than the time that he blew up a, a plane with a rocket launcher in avengers for two seconds like and we see all the, like the shield technology and the things they do in this car throughout the hot. The battering the scene. ram. Oh, so fucking cool, man! Mm-hmm. So it's cool. cool. It's cool. But um, I wanted to talk about this fucking SUV for a second. Yes. Jesus Christ, man! I want one. Shield have some. Yeah, Shield have some fucking crazy technology. Like, <laughs> you know, apparently this thing was actually supposed to fly, but the Russos were like, "Nah, we're not fucking putting that shit in." <laughs> Thank God. Um, that's. 
that's why you get that kind of like that little moment where his it's just kind of like fucked up. Mm. Um, but yeah, he leads these cops on a fucking merry chase. These cops just aren't attacking him. These guys are trying to absolutely murder this guy. Mm-hmm. Um, they go they go at him so hard, man. Um, but then we get this uh, like we get this amazing reveal of the Winter Soldier. Like this was. This was incredible. Um, just this, like, the music drops out, and then you kind of get this this score, this ominous kind of, like, sort of vocal, but not really a vocal. Um, and then he fires this, this, this weapon at him, and it just blows up the bottom of his car. And the way the Winter Soldier just casually steps aside... It's just amazing. It mm-hmm. reminds me of um, the the Joker in The Dark Knight. When yeah, shooting at yeah, the absolutely. And stuff. Except the Winter Soldier just looks more hinged, right? Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. You know, the, the, he, he's the, there for the a joke mission. is unhinged. He's yeah, there for, for a sure. mission. He's going to kill you. And, oh, for yeah. sure. Not not to mention these are like practical effects, right? This guy's got a yeah. fucking SUV sliding like to him and he just <laughs> steps to the side just casually. Like, yeah, for sure. In superhero movies, it's, it's a much it's much easier task to put a stuntman in, in place of your um, actor because, you know, they've got masks and shit. Um, but still, man, this is such a cool stunt. Like, um, you know, it's very understated. It's it's an awesome like trailer shot, I think, and they they definitely played it up in the trailers. But the entire um, scene is so great. Like the reveal of Winter Soldier is just breathtaking. The the, the joke about the um the oh what is operational? Air conditioning is operational. Like that's yeah. funny. And then mm-hmm. like that the whole way they're building the um the integrity of the uh, windows, it's like integrity at whatever percent as the batting ramps come, like it just keeps building and building and building. Which is why I feel the way that Nick Fury gets out of the situation is a little bit of a it's a little bit of a cheap. Like it's a it's a little like, come on, like you couldn't come up with anything better. Where he just he gets some like little Bernie thingy and he just cuts it a is, hole in the floor it is but I guess they did have to set it up for the next yeah. uh, the next time they use it so. they probably in the writer's room were like have this amazing scene and then just like okay so this is where he dies and they're like shit wait we need him to talk to Cat first and it's like well how do we get him out of this scene like I wish they came up with something else but I guess Nick Fury had to find a way to escape because he had to be the yeah. one to reveal to Cap what was going on um, 100% which goes to the next scene which is also fucking great we're, we're we're getting to it. Um, well, before that though, we get um the, a, a quick meeting with uh Sharon Carter. Uh, oh, it's not obvious. Obviously, it's not revealed that it's Sharon Carter yet. But mm-hmm. um, you know, just a just a girl who's just you know her, her neighbor, his neighbor, her right. neighbor, Jesus Christ. Um, and then you know Steve realizes something's wrong as he walks into the apartment, and who's sitting there? Nick Fury, all fucked up. Mm. Um, oh. this. <laughs> this is cool man this is cool i like the i like this feels like a spy movie like right here like you know what i mean like just the way he's kind of like typing it out on the phone and like showing him the phone like like yeah. you know be careful and then he stands up and he takes what three one three rounds to the fucking torso like it's Oof. fucking crazy um and then dude we probably get this is short but this is my second favorite moment in this movie like this 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 chase through the building is fucking awesome man you see these like these kind of like side-on shots of like chris evans like <coughs> busting through the doors and shit like that man um and he looks up and you can see like the winter soldier just kind of running on the roof oh mm-hmm. yeah it's awesome and then we get my absolute favorite moment in this movie 
uh, Cap throws a shield. Fucking Bucky turns around, catches it with one hand, and throws it back. Dude, uh, that shit is fucking awesome. Dude, not not only that, he moves Captain America. Like, he throws it yeah. so hard that even him catching it, like, moves him back. Like, I think that shows something to not only have caught your weapon, to ca- it's like catching Wolverine's claws. Like, not only did you right. catch this weapon one-handed, you sent it back and with force enough to move him. It's like, oh, shit. Like, that's, that's kind of, uh, it kind of rings to this. Uh, there's a really great Captain America comic. I can't remember which one it is, but he's a, he has a fantastic monologue where he's like, sometimes, you know, the world is wrong and you have to be the one to stand there and say, no, you move. And to have that kind yeah. of mentality and see him physically get moved is like very intimidating 100 percent, man, man they spent, do um but gone oh no i was just gonna say um the the close-up on bucky's eyes like stan does such a good job with his eyes here yeah like you can kind of see you can kind of see the pain and torment but he's still like um he's still determined you know um Oh god, I just I can't get over this scene. This oh, is my uh, absolute favorite scene. S- Sebastian Stan, you mean? Uh, oh, I was gonna say, uh, you mean not not Mark Hamill? <laughs> not, yeah, not Mark Hamill. <laughs> uh, man, I just want to highlight that the fact they spent three movies setting up to if Captain America throws his shield, bad guy goes down, and this is the first time where that doesn't happen. We just see it grabbed, and it's like this is like it's a breaking of the rules. It's it's such an oh my god moment because something happens that's not supposed to happen. And it's such a crazy um, moment, man. Like, it's such a... If I to, if you tell me to pick the five most iconic moments of the MCU, that's going to be in the top five for sure. I, I, I do yeah. have a quick question. What is the Winter Soldier's arm made out of? Is that animanium? Is that vibranium? Like, what is that? Does anybody know? Um, no, I think it's just metal. Is well, it just metal? I, com- th- I think in the comics it's animantium. But they can't mention it in the movies because uh, oh, it's next fuck, right shit, But yeah. in um in in Infinity War, they're replaced with vibranium. Okay, cool. There oh, we go. Thank right. you. That's Thank right. you for clarifying yeah. that. Um, so yeah, because in yeah. civil in Civil War, it gets blasted off. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, but um, uh, we we cut to we cut to um, Black Widow arriving to. Uh, the hospital. They do spend a lot of time of on on Nick Fury kind of like dying and things like that, and them grieving. I think I don't. I don't. It's to me, it's the weakest part of the movie for me because he just comes back anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you're not. But on your first watch, you're not supposed to know that. If that makes sense. No, you're not. But it feels cheap. I think it just. It's a bit cheap. Honestly, well, it, yeah. what do you th- honestly? I I kind of agree with you for one reason only. I get they couldn't kill him off because he has a contract or whatever. But what has Sam Jackson as Nick Fury done in the Marvel films since this? Basically nothing. He's not in Civil War. He's in Ultron for like a cameo where he doesn't really do much other than bring a heli character. But you could have just said Jarvis did or some shit. Like... He's not in... He's barely in Infinity War. Like, sure, okay, maybe he's the connective tissue for Captain Marvel. But, like, after this film, his character kind of just starts to disappear. Yeah. That's a good point. What do you think think about that? I think that's that's a really, really good point. I didn't think about that at all. And I think that it's... Like, it might have been better if he just died. 
Yeah, I think I will because I, I, I agree with that like halfway and I halfway don't because, um, you know, nobody obviously wants to see. I mean, this is a character when they when they redid uh, when they redid their Marvel characters in the early 2000s, the creators of Nick Fury literally based him off of Samuel L. Jackson. And like the whole like everything about him was based off of Samuel L. Jackson. So and Samuel Jackson found out and that's kind of how he fell into the roles. We don't want to see him die. We, we really don't because Nick Fury is a fucking badass. He's a bad motherfucker. But at the at the same time, um, this is a comic book movie, and this is a comic book universe, and people do not stay dead. Like we know that we sh- we should know better than that. Watching this, if if this is the second Captain America movie, you know we've had what Iron Man, Iron Man Two. Uh, I mean, and just the plethora of you know X Men films, Batman, all of this stuff um, from from years before. We know this motherfucker's not dead. Like I mean, I knew it watching it the first time. I was like bullshit. Like bullshit. Like it'll yeah. be. It, they'll they'll do something where he's a clone made by Stark or or blah blah blah. They'll they'll do something. They take him to the fucking Lazarus Pit from Batman and bring him back alive. Like they're gonna do something, and you know it. So it's kind of I I, I it would have been better if he did die. I mean, we don't want to see that, but yeah. it's better it's better because we don't want to see that. Like we know yeah. that he's gonna come right back. But had he not just bounced right back, it's kind of like you know it's kind. Of like uh, with the ending of Infinity War, like we know that most of those things are not permanent. So it does that is incredible to watch, and it is heartbreaking, especially with the scenes between Iron Man and Spider Man. But we know at the end of the day that most of these are not going to be permanent. So it does kind of like, dude, don't don't fucking. It's like it's like robbing somebody with a fake gun. It's like seriously, dude, like get the fuck out of here. Like I I don't I don't believe that. I'm not threatened by that. Bro, I agree with you, but like, I, I really want the movies to aim higher. I want them to have deaths that stick so stakes stick around. Because I feel like this film started a trend with Marvel films um, of characters dying and then, oh, they're not dead by the end. Like, another great example um, would be, um, shit, I just had it and I lost it. Um Matt, it's happened at least three films. We can't stay on this. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but basically, it it's, is a trend. It's nice in the to films. hear it, but it is a trend of the films, and I, 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 I want people to d- when they die, they stay dead. If possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay. Okay. But yeah, then we meet Black Widow, right? Well, actually, before that, um, I just want to say, what if like five people buy grape hubba bubbas? <laughs> in, the, in the in the vending machine. Like, this you know is my I mean? this is my oh. biggest problem with the film. To be honest, um, like it's a bit yeah. It's like, product placementy, but like I just I want you to just guys imagine. No, I don't this. care about that. Like I don't give a shit about product placement. <laughs> no, 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 like no, 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 The practical no. part. I want it. you to just like close your eyes. Just let me paint a scene for you. Let me just just imagine, okay? So you're Steve Rogers. You're in a busy hospital. You have this like USB thumb drive. You've got to hide, and you see. And you go, shit, if I have it on me, if someone comes after me, they're going to get it. I've got to find a place to hide it. Then from the corner of your eye, you go, aha, I see a vending machine. I'm going to put it in the vending machine. So then everyone in a busy hospital walk around, watches you take out a screwdriver, unscrew the machine, pull the thing apart, no, it was flip being through changed. a couple of great brother bubbers, put it in. Like how do, how does it get behind five great bubba bubba bubbers? No, no, because the guy was restocking it. Um, when when um when he saw it, uh, but I, I mean, like, excuse why- me, sir, can I please put this in there? Like, <laughs> how does like, get that? Why not? Why not? Why not? Why not? Why not give it to Natasha or or Maria Hill, who don't, he's worked don't with? Don't trust anyone. Post- 
That's yeah, Nick Fury's well, last he words. Has, he hasn't cleared them yet. Yeah. I but, guess. but but uh, but, but like, I do. It, it's a good it point. It's it's fucking sloppy. It's fucking sloppy. Like it, I like I get it. Like you're not supposed to trust anybody. But I mean, for God's sakes, you're Captain America. Like take it take it somewhere else. You know, put it underneath uh, the vending machine. For God's sakes, like yeah, don't put yeah, it in yeah, plain view. at the bottom of the vending machine. Hide it in like the roof somewhere. Maybe just put it like in the inside of a toilet roll. So I don't know. Just like. I just, I just wish there was a fucking scene where they filmed it where he's just like one two three four <laughs> like that's funny to me right all right all right um, you little fucking nitpickers let's move on <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm kidding I'm the one that brought this up <laughs> oh, um, but yeah look um, Cap Cap's called back to the Triskelion which is the Shield uh, headquarters we get this little little cute moment uh, between him and Sharon Carter as they're like walking past. Um, but yeah, this is like a, a, just a conversation with uh, Redford's character. Um, basically, Redford is just telling him. Um, he's telling him about about Batroc and like how Batroc's been been captured and things like that. But basically, he's putting uh, Nick in a in a bad light, right? Like he's he's saying that he's not who he who he thought he was. Yeah, yeah. He's speaking um, ill of the, speaking ill of the dead. Yeah, that's a fucking big no-no. But anyway, um, this is this is essentially the big sort of schism moment, like the the moment where you know Redford realizes that oh shit, Cap's not going to play along. So what are we going to do? Gonna <laughs> fucking fight fire with fire, I guess. Bad idea. It really goes in that um, <laughs> those themes of espionage yeah. and stuff. Well. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think I think it's great because it's kind of it's playing on, you know, here's Robert Redford, who right away we're supposed to, you know, kind of he's he's likable. You know, he is somewhat defiant of the people of the council that's around him. Uh, he's He plays kind of favorites with Nick. You know, we see that he we feel like he's on our side right away. It's Robert Redford. You know, he's a likable guy. He's very likable. We don't expect him to. um to kind of come out where he is at the end of the movie. But at the same time, I think it is great because, you know, here's, here's the scene with Captain America and, you know, he gives him fair warning, you know, he's like, Hey, you know, don't fuck with me, dude. Um, but I don't really think, uh, Robert Redford knows who he's fucking with to be completely yeah, honest. Right. This, this is an extremely resourceful man that we're talking about. We're talking about someone who crashed a plane and survived in the Arctic for fucking almost a century, you know, yep, like yep. this, the, you, you don't, you are underestimating your opponent. That's, that's rule number one. Yeah, for um, sure, man. I just want to like bring up, and it's just a minor thing um, that I do enjoy about it is um, a lot of these scenes we see with Redford, um, we see him converse with the World Security Council, which um, we first see, I believe, in Avengers with Nick Fury talking to them. Um, and I love this idea, and I wish they dived into it more. But like in this world, in the Marvel world, one thing that's different to us is like there is this overarching. Illuminati sort of, of of powers that 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 overlook the world and stuff, and I really like that idea of like it's the hierarchy. Like, I want to know what happens to to them after Shield goes down, you know, and stuff like that. Like, hmm. I wish we dived more into that in other films. Like, I wish that was in Civil War, for example, or maybe we get a taste of that in Avengers Four or one of these big world events happen. Um, but I really like this element of the of the film because it gives you this nice little. Uh, this vibe about like security and surveillance and it really taps into themes as well. Um, For sure. Yeah. Um, we, we, moving on, we get to this uh, fucking crazy, awesome elevator sequence. Um, yes. Again, again, the tension 
uh, that the Russo brothers managed to build is amazing. We see the the strike team um, like level by level, more people trying to get onto the like start to get onto the elevator, mm. and Cap starts to notice things. Like one guy's got his his hand on his on his weapon, like his his taser sort of weapon. He sees this other guy like sweating profusely because like wouldn't you sweat when you know you're about to take <laughs> down Captain America? Or like, try. You would, I'd, well, I, I wouldn't be looking at his head. I'd be looking at his pants because I'd shit myself, right? <laughs> like, Jesus Christ. Like, what the fuck is that smell? Number one. Um, but yeah, this fucking action sequence is fucking dope. Like, mm-hmm. I love this this contained sort of, like, like fight. It's it's so well done. Frank Grillo... Um, Frank Grillo, I guess, is the, the sort of the, ring, the ringleader here. Um, he's sort of asking Cap, like, you know, we found this evidence, blah, blah, blah. Like, should we, should we do more, more with it? And Cap's like, no, blah, blah, blah. Um, but yeah, Grillo's awesome. But the first person to, to do the strike is Callan Mulvey's character. Um, talk to me about the scene, guys. Well, my experience watching it first time, I didn't pick up, I don't know what was wrong with me or whatever, but like, I didn't pick up. There was something super subtle. Like I get, I get. There was like something going on. Cap was noticing something, but I didn't think it was what it was. To me, this fight scene came out of nowhere in the coolest way possible. Because when he goes, so before we start, does anybody want to get off? Oh. Like they all look surprised, oh, so and it's like, but like awesome. I was surprised too. It's like, oh, oh shit, is that what he? Re- oh damn! And it's in such a confined space. The tension is so high because it's not like he can just do a backflip out of there or something and mm. oh man it's such a badass line and it's great that he can still be this this boy scout um sort of character and still give a fucking kick-ass one-liner you know so good and then when they start putting trying to like put his arms against the wall it makes sense because like, like if you want to fight a guy that's strong you're going to want to find a way to restrain him and just the way they work with the choreography in the scene is fucking cool man yeah they're they're not they're not trying to punch him out nobody in there has any expectations about punching him out like no one's i mean it's not like we have fucking superman in the elevator with us um to help to help us fight him it's all about you know there's non-lethal weapons it's all tasers you know i love frank grillo hey it's not personal cap and you know dude the way he dispatches him just slams him into the fucking roof and drops him back down it uh it feels personal i was like okay that's great that's really great that whole exchange and when I he, do. And when oh, he like ahead. kicks the shield up like a fucking skateboard and catches it at the end, woo man, that's fucking cool. Fucking yeah, awesome, for sure. Um, I do like I. I do. I. I. I kind of want to navigate us into this scene uh, strictly because it is probably yeah, sure. my least favorite scene of the movie. Um, okay, this, hit us. The, the scene of him leaving, and we have you know the uh, not the helicarrier, but just this kind of a, 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 a attack, whatever you know, uh, attack ship, and him on the motorcycle. I love him on the motorcycle. Uh, I think I think it's great. I think it's really. Um, I think it's really. Uh, uh, I think it's really fucking icon- badass. I, yeah, it's really iconic. Um, especially him just on the bike, it makes so much sense. But bringing down the whole fucking ship by himself is like, dude, come on! Like, I like, I, I, uh, I can, I can, dude, only I kind of sus- dug that. <laughs> I, 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 I gotta disagree with you, hard. First of all, we skipped over. I just gotta mention how cool it is of how he jumped out of the elevator and landed with the shield. But bro, him taking the heli character down for me, that was like, that was the one moment of the film. We're like, oh, okay, we're finally seeing. 
um, Steve Rogers at, at like 100%, you know? That's mm-hmm. him being a super, super soldier. Yes, it is ridiculous, right? But he was built to be a one-man army. Like, you got to remember, he in the first one, he saved like a thousand people from... I don't know, some Nazi camp or whatever. But like, how he jumps off it, he takes it down with all that. I think it's kind of cool. CGI is a little, little, the animation of that is a little, how's it going? Is it ridiculous? Yes. But is that why I think it's cool? Fuck yes. See, for me, <laughs> That's for me, it's not, it's not about what happens in the scene. It's, it's how the Russos have presented it. Um, I'm, I'm watching it now. Like, I love the shot of like, of, of, um, captain america on the bike and then all you see is like wheel like the quinjet just flying fucking past and then like you know like going to the other side of him and the music the way the music is built up here and then it just kind of crescendos as he lands and the thing just explodes behind him it's just fucking awesome to me man like it's just it's just so such a cool it's such a good time i just like how it keeps the motion going it's all like one movement he's still pushing forward as he does it i I will say is my rebuttal uh Fuck okay. both of you. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> no, I, it's 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 it just it's the only thing that takes me out of it a little bit. Uh, there's just when we're in a movie that does so well, the political and the espionage and and the almost like realistic implications of what Captain America is when he enters this world. Uh, like it took me out of it a little bit when he falls all the way from the elevator and just kind of you know hits the ground and grunts for like three seconds and gets up and runs off. Like I get it. Now, let's even though move, uh, he hit the shield first, is that still even? Even though he hit the shield first, because here, here I am. I'm, I'm thinking Civil War now because now we've seen Civil War. The fight okay. scene between, but the fight scene between he and Cap. By the end of that, you know he's fucking spitting up blood, and you know it's 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 definitely getting his ass beat. Now, now, like don't okay, get me wrong, okay. it, it, don't get me wrong. It's it's Iron Man, and Iron Man can definitely throw a punch in that suit, but he's not throwing a punch harder than a fucking nine story fall, dude. Like come on. <laughs> Like that's that's the only thing that really kind of took me out of it, um, because but you, know, you 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 suspend so much belief for so long, obviously when you're watching Captain America movie, but at the same time, like I, I just give me a little bit, give me him like spitting up blood, give me him like coughing up something, you know, give me something like that to show that he is human, because now I'm not relating to him as much because he's just so invulnerable, you know. You take a fucking ten story dive, get up and get on a motorcycle and fly off and then take down this, you know, this 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 jet. It, that that's where it kind of starts to take me out of it a little bit, but it's only because I'm an asshole. That's really the only reason why. Um, you know but, what? That good argument. I'm kind coming around a little bit i still <laughs> that, think it's that, cool that's, i still that's think it's the really only cool thing. but yeah uh all right guys you guys fucking all right over there you need me to break this up <laughs> you, guys, you guys good um oh, yeah. no but we get this we get this uh quick uh cut back to Sitwell um giving the 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 rest of the shield agents their sort of orders and mission um you know whatever your op is bury it um he wants surveillance everywhere uh just so they can find cap uh, and then we got Cap going back to the hospital to retrieve the USB. And what did you expect? What did you expect? It's not there, you little bitch. You know, you put it in a fucking, you put it in a goddamn fucking vending machine. It's gone. And um, what, Black no. Widow's been waiting for him for like two days or something to come back when she found it? No, she probably followed him. I, I don't really care about that. But um, yeah, it turns out Black Widow's, uh, Black Widow's the one who took it because she's chewing gum. Pretty cool reveal, I think, and you know, really subtle. Um, but then she tells him about the Winter Soldier. Uh, you know, she 
shows off her scar, which I paused it at and stared off a little bit more. Um, because bye bye bikinis. Bye bye bikinis. <laughs> I'm sure you look terrible in them now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, she's uh, she talks about her little brush with the Winter Soldier earlier. Um, boys, what do you think about taking a break around here? That sounds good to me, man. Okay. Awesome. All right, guys. We'll uh, we'll we'll be right back. We're gonna, you know, take a piss, shake our dicks a little bit, refill our drinks, and we'll be back. Word. I'm sure everyone wanted to know that. Attention, all Shield agents. This is Steve Rogers. You've heard a lot about me over the last few days. Some of you were even ordered to hunt me down. But I think it's time you know the truth. S.H.I.E.L.D. is not what we thought it was. It's been taken over by HYDRA. Alexander Pierce is their leader. The Strike and Insight crew are HYDRA as well. I don't know how many more. But I know they're in the building. They could be standing right next to you. They almost have what they want. Absolute Absolute control. control. They shot Nick Fury. And it won't end there. If you launch those helicarriers today, Hydra will be able to kill anyone that stands in their way. Unless we stop them. And I know I'm asking a lot. But the price of freedom is high. It always has been. And it's a price I'm willing to pay. And if I'm the only one, then so be it. But I'm willing to bet I'm not. Hey guys, we're back. Uh, we are back and rolling. Our bladders are empty. Uh, <laughs> our drinks are fucking full. Um, but yeah, we're gonna jump right back into it. Uh, we get a. This is this is this is some pretty comedic stuff here. Uh, this is uh, Black Widow and Captain America just in the mall. Um, uh, they go to the Apple the Apple store to try and figure out what the fuck's going on with this USB. Um. um. Cameo by um, oh, what's his name? I think it's Do you know PC who this guy Pearson. is? I don't know. Um, yeah, so so that guy, he is from um, a sketch group called Derek Comedy, where famed actor Donald Glover got his start. So uh, oh shit, I did not know that. Was, yeah, so they, so this guy with the, the the beard and the long hair, him, Donald Glover, and this other guy, they used to run this online sketch comedy group called uh, Derek Comedy. Um, fucking hilarious stuff. If you're a fan of like um, Donald Glover's character Troy in Community, it's just basically him doing that in like craziest scenarios. Um, uh, yeah, and so like when I saw this, and this dude's not in a lot of stuff, so I think it's some sort of weird. Maybe it's some sort of like because I know he was in another episode of Community as well. So like maybe it was something about the Russos trying to throw mm, in a little yeah. cameo because they be, did the yeah. same with um, uh, what's his name? He plays Abed. Don't say it. Don't say it. We'll get. We'll okay, get there. Yeah. Don't but yeah, I think it. I think this is a little nod, I think, by including him here. Yeah. Either way, it's a funny scene. It's cool. Uh, so they see they see the strike team uh, basically looking for them in the shopping center. Um, they pretend to be a couple. Uh, you know, they get a little smooch in, smoochy, smoochy. Uh, who else thought that you know Captain America and Black Widow were going to be a thing? Yeah, did you think that? Um, mm. I did, and that's why I was sort of like a little bit. Uh, when they paired her up with the Hulk in um, Age of Ultron, because um, I'm like, come on, don't don't throw her around to every 
one of the group guys like you it really, fucking whore. it really felt like they were trying to build chemistry between them. This is like an awkward way to sort of like build to that, but nah. But then again, I guess it is within Black Widow's character to do by any means necessary whatever she can to. Cause she's a spy. You would do things like that. I've heard of things like um, about secret agents will often pick their nose in public because people don't want to look that and will divert attention away from them. Um, hmm. So, so kissing to like divert someone's eyes. Maybe, I guess. Well, I think it's I think it's pretty natural because I can't do I can't I, I don't look at PDA, like I I find it weird. <laughs> like you know what I mean? I do. Um, yeah, it's just so <laughs> awkward, dude. It's so fucking awkward. Um, I look at that. <laughs> I, I, I I don't. It's a mad creep in sweatpants. You fucking yeah. creep. I got I got real close on the mic on that one. Um, no, I I think <laughs> I that I don't I don't ship them at all because we've got Captain America who is honest who is um you know he he doesn't really hold anything back he is who he is and i mean uh, black widow's whole life is is really i mean be, like you said by any means necessary that means becoming a different person doing different things i think wow. that i definitely see her <clears throat> and um because you know i think a lot of people kind of shipped uh, yeah a, a lot of people shipped her and hawkeye but you know hawkeye's married and has a family which we don't find out until later but it, it makes sense with banner because they're both damaged people that's what makes more sense about it to me like they've you been through a lot yeah uh, you know what you got me you sold me you know it's it's truth justice american way this is russian lies spy yeah i don't right. they're, they're kind of the bipolar opposites aren't they Right, exactly. Oh, right. If Captain America is going to come up and punch you in the face, he's literally like in the elevator. If anybody wants to get out, you know, blah blah blah. Do you think Black Widow would have done that? No fucking way. Like she would have just started swinging, you know. And and, and yeah. it's it's just it's just a difference in their characters. It's different in their personalities, their skill sets, their abilities. Uh, it's just that's that's what makes them great, though, and that's what makes them a good team. Is because it's a great dynamic. It's it's kind of you know it's it's kind of like the tough serious cop with the kind of buddy comedy almost kind of thing. Not not to that degree. I'm not saying this seeing them together makes me feel like I'm watching a buddy comedy but you know it's it's a good dynamic between, between the two of them and I think that's why people kind of partially start to ship them together and it's like no these this is this would never work Colin yeah. mate that is a great observation <laughs> and and, <laughs> Thank and you, you. Know, and you just reminded me of something that I, I I gotta get out of my chest somewhere um there's there's word that there was a in an original draft where Hawkeye was going to have a uh, part in this movie. And there was going to be a scene where Hawkeye, um, working for S.H.I.E.L.D., um, I think I think instead of teaming up with him, like Black Widow's, he's like, I think he joined Strike or something. Um, and he attacks, he has a fight scene with Captain America. But then I think, if I remember it correctly, there's going to be a scene where Hawkeye fights Captain America and throughout that, like they're talking and Hawkeye realizes that Cap's sort of, innocent or something and so he creates a diversion or something to sort of help him out but man that would have been cool i would love to see something like hawkeye shooting them arrows and then and cap putting out the shield because it really does seem when you think about it the grand scheme of things we meet hawkeye as a shield operative we know he's super tight black widow the fact that he's not in this film it kind of makes makes you go huh where is he you know um yeah yeah no for sure yeah that would have been um all right, let's move this on. Let's move this on. Um, well, Captain America and uh, Black Widow get a location. Turns out to be uh, Cap's old uh, fucking 
war training facility, right? Like mm-hmm. World War Two training facility. Dun, dun, um, dun, 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 dun. Um, when they rock up, uh, we get this little kind of like flashback of of uh, Steve kind of looking around and remembering his sort of drill drill days. Mm. Um, it's really beautiful, man. Just the way the music works as well. And old old cap looks at new cap. Um, it's it's yeah. it's pretty beautiful. It's just a cool little sort of little sequence, man. We kind of like think that this guy's been through so much shit, right? Yeah. It's also um, planting the seeds for um, Bucky's reveal later on. A hundred percent for sure. Um, but basically, they find a shield facility. Um, they go all the way underground, and who do they find down here, Colin? Um, <clears throat> well, I, I can't. I, I for the life of me, I can't remember the the actual like character's name. Uh, it, it, yep. it, it 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 drives me His crazy. His name's uh, Anam Zola. Anam Zola. That's uh, yeah. No wonder I couldn't fucking remember. I know it's Toby something. <laughs> Toby something is the actor. Toby Jones. Name. Thank yeah. you. He's in a he's in a shit ton of stuff. It's a great actor. Uh, I totally. He's in the new Jurassic World. Oh, okay. Um, I don't give a fuck about that. But uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, no, no. You don't. No. Hey, Colin, you shouldn't. Fuck. <laughs> Seriously. Um, I, it, it did kind of throw me off a little bit. Um, not in a bad way. Like I just didn't. Uh, I didn't really see that reveal coming. Um, the fact that, but it, but it is nice because we've got something kind of like a holdover from the first movie. We've got an enemy who's still around. That's not. Yeah, you know, like a connection. Yeah. Right, yeah, we're not just totally severing our ties to something that happened, you know, 60, 70, 80 years ago. We're actually, you know, we still have something kind of attached to it. But basically, they've upgrade, uploaded his consciousness into, like, I guess a computer system, kind of like AI. I guess, I guess that's basically what happened because he was a member of Project Paperclip, which, which actually totally was a real thing. Uh, after the Second World War, um, the uh, <clears throat> U.S. military intelligence recruited some of the top Nazi scientists from Germany uh, to to use them for you know basically gather intelligence and see what kind of um see what kind of secrets the third reich had which a lot of people don't know about project paperclip that that's actually a real thing and a lot of people have had some serious problems with it which i understand these these people were nazis they instituted part of the holocaust and stuff so it is kind of like one of those things that's just very like hush hush like we don't talk about project paperclip and a lot of people don't know about it but it actually is a real thing i i totally didn't know about it and i um I'm very fascinated by World War Two um, as a sort of era, and like that totally just fucking blew me away. Just what you just said now, yeah, um, mm-hmm. it's fucking cool, man. But, but, uh, but yeah, boys, no, go on. This fucking scene, it's cool, man. Oh my god, bro, this it's is cool. like, this this is one of those moments in the cinema. I was like, it's one of those few moments in the Marvel universe where I'm jumping out of my seat, like, what? Hydra the whole time. I've been watching Agents of Shield. I've been watching this. I've been that, and this reveal, man, it changes everything. It it's changes definitely the cool. Yeah, universe. It changes the characters, and it's also we're getting Hanuman Zola back um, from the first film, and it's also a little nod because in the comics he does um, upload himself into like a robot sort of consciousness, and apparently um, the writers originally wanted to do a scene where. Um, he does come out in like so, so like some sort of machine that you can control, but they decide that was a little too cheesy, and I'm glad they didn't do it. Um, mm-hmm. For sure. But like, and then they start tying it into real world events, 
and they're like, you know, we were there planting the seeds for your destruction or whatever. And it's so sinister and evil. He's like, you know, humanity made it so easy for us. And for me, it's like, it's like learning about the matrix. It's like, oh shit. Like Hydra's real. This explains everything in reality. Like this is why yeah. the world's gone to shit. It was planned all along on some Illuminati crap. And well, fuck, I still, bro, some still, reveal. some still, some still believe the Hydra is still fucking controlling real world shit because Donald Trump is your president, Colin. <laughs> oh, fuck you. He's fuck you. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, low it's, blow. <laughs> it's, it's, well, yeah, and it's especially low blow because my state, Tennessee. I mean, it's like ninety percent Republican. Oh. That's like all it fucking is. Um, but one you thing know what? I, d- I, I can see Trump like, like you, know, you know what? Hail Hydra! <laughs> They're absolutely <laughs> bad rap. Everybody knows it. They get a bad rap. <laughs> Hydra is the greatest. Hydra is the greatest thing that's ever happened. I don't even know what shield is. I don't use shields because <laughs> I am an amazing person. I don't need a shield. I'm I'm incredible. Um, no, shield we're gonna build a wall. Losers, okay. No, <laughs> nobody do, likes shield. It's old news. <laughs> uh, I, I do. Ever I do. Since bad. It's fake news. Sorry. Oh man, that's hilarious. I want to see I, that happen. <laughs> I, I do love what what Zola says. That basically he realized that uh, P, that you could not take a person's freedom away. That we will. They have to give it up. And basically, oh. we have we have scared the world into giving up its freedom, and it's constantly being watched by Big Brother. It's turning into 1984 by George Orwell. You know, it's becoming this thing where you take a shit and you flush it, and we see it. Um, <laughs> and it's and it's kind of it's kind of interesting because that is very true with a lot of stuff. You know, we've got dash cams, body cams, we've got red light cameras. You know, we're constantly being watched by stuff, and that's strictly out of like a fear based thing. You know, like I like I am afraid that someone's going to hit my car and or do something stupid, so I get a dash cam um mm. it, it, it makes sense in a lot of ways and that hydra is manipulating that with yeah I, I would have liked to have seen like what impact hydra really had on like historical events like you know they assassinated jfk or maybe they started yeah. you know blah 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 they started like they they were responsible for a lot of terrible things happening because people had to willingly give up control of their own security to someone else to just be like you know what i'm terrified of this i need you to take care of it for me and it's it's that is a good reveal i do think that a lot of this exposition and stuff you know i I, this is a very tropey kind of superhero thing right it's you know here here i am the supervillain, and i'm going to unleash my master plan on you you know blah 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 um that's that's the only thing i didn't like about it but at the same time it was a good reveal in its defense in its defense he does reveal the reason why he's giving it away is because he's stalling. He's like, I'm afraid I've been stalling, Captain, because the missile's coming. But, like, most films who do this generic trope don't bother to cover it up with something like that. It's just, like, it's just some James Bond villain twirling his mustache. Um, Mm -hmm. I've got a... But to quickly, real sorry, um, to tie back to what you were saying, like, what's so fucking great about this concept of them being always there is at the time the NSA stuff was going down and Mm -hmm. that's, was like so socially relevant. And if you want to look even recently as to just like a few months ago, look at all the shit going down with Facebook and Mark Zuckerberg going to Congress. Um, Mm -hmm. That's very similar concept. And other films have tried to attempt this, but to nowhere's great success. Like you look at something like Terminator Genesis and they're like, oh, people have bought in, have allowed us into their homes, into their devices. So we're able to be there and control everything. But if you look at Terminator Genesis compared to the Winter Soldier, I think hands down, everyone's going to pick Winter Soldier. 
Oh, yeah. Know? It's just so what? well executed. <clears throat> There's also another thing here that I want to talk about. Probably when you saw it, you were like, holy shit, I can't wait to see this in a movie. Fucking a quick flash of um, Bucky being responsible for killing Tony Stark's parents. It's not until Civil War that we realize, oh shit, they're going to flesh this out. Like, they're going to flesh out the story of Bucky killing Tony Stark's parents. Like, it's it's cool. Like, you, you, do, you do actually get the reveal of that in this before that movie. Um, mm-hmm. do, we, do we know what it is when we see it? Uh, well, we just see... We see Bucky's sort of like kill list, and then it says deceased, deceased. Right, it kind of yeah, it kind of yeah, smash yeah. cuts it together. It kind of yeah. lets you assume, like, yeah. wait, 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 wait. Yeah. Once you know, it's you'll see yeah. it like right away. For sure, it, it's it's pretty cool, man. It's Marvel doing their Easter egg stuff that they they're so fucking good at at this <coughs> point. Um, but yeah, we get it. We see a we see a missile just flying in and absolutely leveling the place. Uh, Black Widow and Cap take cover. Um, it's a fucking cool explosion, man. I, I like it. I like the way it builds up the music. Again, the music in this movie is really, really good. Um, we see Roman, uh, sorry, Black Widow being carried by Steve. They escape uh, moments before Grillo shows up with the strike team, um, and they unfortunately aren't able to find any bodies. But then we cut over to Redford's house um, in probably one of the most sort of spy sequences that you'll see, right? Oh, yeah. Um, just the way the soldier's kind of sitting there, like, in the dark, just, like, covered in the fucking darkness. Um, and, and the poor the poor maid just happens to walk in at the wrong time, right? Oh, yeah. I wish you would have knocked. Yeah, wish you would have wish <laughs> you would have knocked, and then fucking line. bang, she's dead. Yeah. Fucking dark moment. Um, like, this is what I was talking about, Matt, in our um, Ant-Man sort of review. Like, just, uh, just kind of, like, if you put this next to Ant-Man, you can see the different shades of, like, darkness there is to the MCU. Like, Ant-Man yeah. is their sort of, like, kids franchise, whereas, like, you can't really... I wouldn't show this to a kid. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? This scene, correct me if I'm wrong, this is the reveal that Redford's with Hydra, isn't it? That he's, yes. He's, yeah. Yep. Man, it's such a great reveal, dude. Like, um, mm-hmm. I don't think... I think it's safe to say that most people probably didn't see this coming. Like, I don't think... I remember thinking when he was talking about Nick Fury being evil or bad. I didn't think Nick Fury was going to be the bad guy. I but I didn't think that Redford was going to be evil. But I didn't think they were going to shut down Shield. I didn't think Hydra was coming back. And so this just really adds in a, it's such a great way of building stakes and just yeah, making for sure. our heroes seem more hopeless. Like we always talk about how Captain America is like, you know, he's kind of like the Superman of it all with the Boy Scoutness. But um, the problem with some of these characters who are so much more powerful than the average person is how do you create stakes? And what is more like impactful and more like scary for Captain America to fucking take America away from Captain America? You know, he finds out the whole sort of thing. It's all, it's all fucked. He, he, his whole military lifestyle and, and organizations dedicated his life to is actually what he's been fighting against his whole life. And now he's got almost nothing. He, not only has he lost all his family and everything ever, but like now all this stuff that he's been working for and he believes in his identity is now almost gone. Um, mm-hmm. And now we, yep. it's, it's, the, it's such a great moment, man. And it's such a great way of writing a character into a, into a corner. Um, yeah, for sure. And the way he bounces back is so dope too, so. For sure. 
Um, anyway, so Cap and Black Widow seek out Sam for help. Um, you know, because they do, they do need some shelter, right? Like everyone's fucking looking for him. Um, it's cool, man. We get uh, fucking hell. You know how in the in the nineties it was Brad Pitt that you kind of had a man crush on. Well, <laughs> hello. Hello, Chris Evans. You and your fucking man tight singlet. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> that figure hugging that figure hugging singlet. Um, <laughs> I, come on, guys. I'm straight. I'm yeah, straight. Yeah, yeah. You keep telling yourself that. Yeah, I, I will. I will. Um, but yeah, basically, well, talk to me about this, Colin. This is, this is basically, um, they talk about what they need to do. Right, right. Uh, <clears throat> and they're basically recruiting Falcon at this point. I mean, really, they can't trust anyone. Uh, you know, it's literally Nick Fury's last words. They can't trust you know anyone who's really associated with Shield. And it's great because we've seen just these few scenes with um, <clears throat> with Sam, and he's not even really uh, Falcon yet. You know, he's just uh, he's just another hero. You know, and they basically go to him and and somewhat recruit him. And I love he throws that down. They're like, "What is this? A, what is this? A file?" He's like, "Call it a resume." And like, oh, I, I like that line a lot it's basically just him kind of letting him know you know hey i'm cool i can be trusted obviously you guys do trust me you're the you're the one who came to me i'm not the one who came to you um but it's also it's also a really good scene between uh captain america and black widow because she has a great line she's like you know when i I first when i joined shield i thought i was going straight you know but then i just found out i traded the kgb for hydra and i what does she say i'm not even sure whose lies i'm telling anymore and she you know she's talking to to steve and she's asking him you know would you trust me now like would you trust me he's like i I would now you know because he's just saying you know uh yeah it's and and literally this is like what we were talking about earlier she doesn't know who she's lying for anymore and i love you know captain america's response as well i'm always honest you know it's like i love that you know that's that that hits home with exactly what we're talking about with the fact that he is always honest mm-hmm. and the fact that if he did not trust her he would be saying so and and it shows a lot that he actually really does trust her in this instance because they're basically you know they're bas- they're basically in the same boat you know they have it's nowhere to go the they have right yeah it's it, it, they the, the only people that they can trust is each other and falcon so it's i i like that a lot we're kind of and we we see this pairing up as well in infinity war you know it's falcon it's black widow and it's captain you know these guys are kind of like the three musketeers now of like i don't know who we're <laughs> fighting i don't know who we're fighting for and i don't know who we're fighting against but i know we, like i know that you're going to be on my side fighting for you know fighting for the right thing and they're not putting their faith in organizations anymore they're putting their faith in people and that's what's really great you know that that's kind of it kind of rings back to what's going on with Captain America that he he doesn't trust the organizations and that he does trust people like way deep you know in the in, deep inside his heart he trusts people and he's now found those people that he can trust. Yeah, Colin, just to piggyback off two things you said there. One, the honesty. Um, something else that's great with this scene is um, he doesn't recruit Falcon just like hey you want to join like no like Falcon sort of offers and like. Cap warns him, like, he doesn't just say, okay, great, we could use some help. No, he's like, you know, he says something like, you know, if you're in this, like, you're, you're, you're in this or something. Like, he, he, like, he try to, I don't know the exact words, but he, he sort of gives him some warning. Like, he doesn't force him into it. And I really like that because it just shows his authenticity and honestness um, about it. And the other thing you were saying about, like, the the not being able to trust the, the organization stuff, that's... That, like, really pairs up um, uh, Civil War. 
because that's pretty much the whole theme of Civil War. It's like, this happens, so now we've got to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, again, a, a great way of how um, Marvel films are just seeding each other's films. And, like, you can't write one if the other didn't exist. And and also, that's probably why half of Civil War just feels like Winter Soldier 2. Because it's still yeah. dealing with the, the, yeah. the results of all this cool shit. For sure. Yeah. Um, but look... Uh, basically Falcon just says I was I didn't say I was a pilot and he shows him the fucking wings. Um <laughs> That's a cool it's, it's cool. Yeah. It is cool, but you don't you don't get the reveal yet. You actually this is cool, man. Uh, we meet um we re-meet Gary Shandling, uh who was in Iron Man 2. Unfortunately, he's just recently passed away, Gary Shandling. Mm. He was a comedian. Uh he played the senator um that wanted to that was up against Tony Stark in that movie. Uh, he talks about talks about you know I got a girl waiting at the at the, the hotel room twenty three kind of hot <laughs> creep reminds me of a few um, politicians I can think of but I won't mention yeah yeah well let's <laughs> let's not go into that well we've already fucking named Mister Grab Grab Your Pussy kind of uh, <laughs> um but yeah this is where you first get the Hell Hydra yeah um, yeah um, which is like it's, cool. it's kind of creepy but kind of like it's so sinister. It's fitting. It's, it's very, it's very shit, fitting man. for that, for that, for that character. Yeah, hundred mm. percent, man. But then um, you get the kidnapping of Sitwell. Um, Jasper. They end up. Well, yeah, Jasper. Whatever the fuck, you know. Yeah. Um, they end up on the rooftop. Uh, you get the first name drop of Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. Pretty fucking cool, man. Like at this point, this is 2014. Uh, Doctor Strange came out in 2016. Um, at this point, it hadn't been announced. Like it was like, holy shit, how the fuck are they going to do Doctor Strange? Like because at this point, Marvel were kind of sort of grounded in reality, sort of thing. Like we we hadn't had Guardians of the Galaxy yet. That was still a couple months away. So that kind of weirdness was still out of like the 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 MCU. Um, so it was yeah. still pretty cool, man. Um, Kevin like, Feige cool. said. I think it was around the time of release of Doctor Strange to clear it up because people were asking questions like, oh, so how are you doing an origin story if they were already looking at Doctor Strange and Winter Soldier? And I think, I don't think they planned planned this out or anything, but like, no. they, 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 I think it was just meant to be a little Easter egg. I don't know if they ever expected to do a Doctor Strange film. You know, Stanley's been wanting to do one for fucking 2000 years but um they sort of they sort of justified it with um oh no they'll keep an eye on him because of his breakthroughs in medical whatever research or whatever it's like okay fair enough um but just before that we get the amazing reveal of falcon in his suit well actually just quickly i wanted to talk about um just again colin what you were talking about sort of the juxtaposing of captain america and black widow styles like Cap, Cap lets him go, but immediately <laughs> yeah. fucking Black Widow just fucking kicks him off the roof. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah What's he say? He's like, "It's not your style." Yeah, but it's hers or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, th- I think that's great, and it's such a good reveal when Falcon scoops him up and drops him off, and we just see the shadow on the roof of the building as he flies over. It's like, oh, that's fucking cool. Like, what's this guy packing? It's a cool moment, dude. So cool. So cool. It's a cool moment. But um, basically, Sitwell just uh, unveils a plan, right? He told, tells him tells him the helicarriers are going to wipe out everyone who's a threat to Hydra, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Fucking mass mass genocide. You know, he talks about how how uh, 
technology, social media, it's all going to be used against us. Uh, Zola taught Hydra how to read fucking technology and everything like that. So bank records, everything that's digitized is going to be used against us. Um, it's a fucking... It's a it's an outlandish but not very outlandish idea because, you know, I was watching Black Mirror the other day and Black Mirror is basically all about that shit. So yeah. Right, it's yeah. It's based reality. Um, I, 100%. If I, can, if I can throw something out there, which... Because this is the reveal of the Falcon suit and maybe there's some sort of logic behind it that I've missed out. This is, again, super ultra nitpicky, but... So, correct me if I'm wrong, but... So, so Falcon, he... You're wrong. He used to work. He used to work for this military <laughs> offsuit, whatever, right? Where they had this thing. He had a partner who also, I think, had the same suit. That's implied. Um, and they had to steal it from that base for him to get it again. But you know, unlike other superheroes, where it's like, oh, they've made their own stuff or they've got their own power. Like, what's stopping them, Shield or Hydra? from later on in future movies, I guess, making 20 more Falcon suits and they have like 30 Falcons to fight fight the Avengers, you know? Hmm. Like, why isn't, there, why isn't there more of these suits flying around? Um, I don't know. I think probably, that's kind of... That's probably for me, that's overthinking deep. it, I think. It might be digging a bit too deep, but um, yeah, it's not like he's Tony Stark. He built it himself or anything. Either way, it's still a cool suit. <laughs> man, both man, both man, Colin are like silent. Well, like I, I see I the point because that crazy. <laughs> I, I, def- I definitely see the point because it's like, <clears throat> well, you know, this thing has been created once. Obviously, it's successful. How is this not created again? And I don't know if it's one of those things where it's just like lightning in a bottle, like with Captain America. You know, they're not able to reproduce it a second time for whatever reason. Like there might be some outstanding like logistical things, like we just don't know from behind the scenes. But it is a fair point, though. It is kind of like, yeah, why aren't there like fifteen different Iron Mans? Like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, um, but yeah, no, like, at, at least with Iron Man two, like they justify why there aren't a hundred other Iron Man suits. It's because no one else can make them for some reason. But, right. Yeah, it's it's super nitpicky. It's stupid, but I want to just throw that out there. Let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Um, fucking. Uh, this this action sequence, this entire thing right here, holy yes. shit! Yes. This fucking okay. Think about this, Matt. Um, well, Colin, I'm sure you can relate as well. You're driving along the highway, just fucking chilling. <laughs> some fucker, some fucker decides to jump on your roof and rip out your fucking steering wheel. DK, what the fuck are you gonna do you pay do? for that? <laughs> Dude, yeah, because I was thinking about that, and I was just like, like, <clears throat> what in God's name, like. Like, cause you know, they've, they've kind of already pumped the, like the e-brake a few times and thrown them off the hood and kind of done that trick and stuff. But it's like, dude, how the, how the fuck do you like, how, how do you even deal with that? You know, what do you do? Just put it in cruise control? Like, what the fuck do you do? Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty cool, man. It, it, it plays the, the sort of relentless fucking nature of, of, of the winter soldier. Like I've never seen some, I've never seen a guy in a movie just fucking rip off a steering wheel like that like and seeing um seeing sam's reaction to that like what the fuck do i do like just yeah <laughs> like just you you see like a kind of like a split second reaction like of him like being like what the fuck what just happened it's very mm-hmm. terminator ish like the way yeah. when the soldier is in the scene which is i think one of the reasons why he's so fucking badass yeah man um but i also like the way they exit the car as well like that slow motion sort of like um just that shot of like them exiting through the door as it falls away. It's fucking cool, man. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, not to mention that this is mostly all practical. Like, this is like a car that's actually fucking, you know, spinning its way down the highway, and it's just, it's just, it's just a fucking. It's just from here. It's just mayhem. Like Bro, you get. This is a fucking scene right here. Yeah, man. He, I love the way the guy just hands him the grenade launcher. He's just like, he doesn't even have to ask for it. He's just like, fucking give it to me. <laughs> yeah, right. He's just like, hand me my gun, bitch. Yeah, man. Cap takes a grenade to the sh- to the shield. He goes fucking flying off into a bus. So cool. Um, it's fucking crazy, man. Like I said, it's all it's all just fucking mayhem from here. Um, fucking, ugh, I can't get over this scene. This is just. Let me just explain to you what's going to happen in the next couple minutes. It's just you're just going to describe the scene and i'm just gonna be like that's cool that's also yeah. cool i love literally that part. right this yeah just just so literally greatly awesome. summarized just this whole yeah. scene is fucking i'm awesome. trying to i'm trying to <laughs> i'm trying to it's just like there's like moments of it where i do like want to like boil down on it though like okay for example um i love natasha's kind of like um little sort of decoy with the phone yeah, yeah. like that's cool man um, but just even even just before that, the guy with the fucking massive machine gun, and as Cap kind of like has to sort of like point his shield to um, each of the guys to kind of get like fuck them up. It's it's cool, man. Um, you, know, you know what? I'm gonna throw this out there. Mister Nitpicky's back. Um, I feel the same thing about Wonder Woman as I do Captain America here. But every time I see like that massive machine gun coming out and someone's got a shield, I just think, how come no one shoots the legs? <laughs> I know it's, yeah, that's true. I know it's nitpicky. It's comic book shit. But it's comic book shit, yeah. But it's also I love really fucking this scene's I love so like fucking the, cool though, because the pressure they're being put on. I love I love like the Jedi deflection of like bullets that he's got going on, like like knocking yeah, people man. back with their own bullets. Like, like lightsabers. Yeah, I was like, that's cool. I can dig that. It's fucking awesome, man. And like not not only that, just the way it's shot with the music, it's just fucking it's fucking great. But I know while we haven't None of us have talked about it yet because I'm probably going to tell you off for talking about it. Let's get to it. The fucking showdown with Cap and Bucky. Holy shit, man. Yeah. Just the way... Just the way... Just the way fucking Bucky just runs in and just fucking slams his fist into the shield. And just the sound it makes. Oh, oh. my god. Yeah. He's, it's he's out talk to, to me. kill. He's talk trying to, to kill. Yeah, I think like you said, it's like a Terminator thing. Like he's just so relentless the whole time. He's like a, he's like Jaws almost. It's like, dude, he's just gonna keep coming back and keep coming back. And the choreography between them, you know, you take away his gun, you take away the grenade launcher, he's got a machine gun. You take away the machine gun, he's got a knife. You take away the knife, he's gonna fight you hand to hand. It's like, dude, this guy is like, they've programmed him in that way to where he just does not stop. Um, mm-hmm. And I just, just, I mean, it's, it's, it's too much to go into, you know, talk, like you said, talking about every single bit of the choreography, but, uh, but I, I think it is really great. The, f- the few parts worth noting, you know, I, I love when Cap suplexes him. He just kind of like gets, gets oh, the, yeah. gets the flip on him and drops him back. And when they get the knife in the side of the van and go all the way down with it, mm. um, I do think My that's favorite. really cool. My favorite moment is, um, when Bucky kind of like throws the knife up and like catches it and then like lunges. Mm-hmm. Like uh, it's really really quick. Like this this plays into the sort of like MMA um kind of like style that I was talking about, except with weaponry. Um, it's just it's just so fast. Like the movement of it's so quick, and like it just feels so raw. And you don't really get that with other Marvel movies. Like the kind of like the raw nature of the action scenes. Like they feel very. Um, like I don't want to talk in generalities because like it's really hard because there's twenty of them. There's twenty fucking Marvel movies, so. 
This this is the one where the action scenes just feel so raw and feel real. Um, it's yeah. cool, man. It's very realistic in a way. It's also I think it's the fact that it's not so much um, CGI based. Um, mm. We're not dealing with or it's it's more grounded in reality. Um, mm-hmm. So maybe that I think that's what gives off that vibe. Um, yeah, man. It's fucking cool, but though. We get that we get that uh, quick shot of Bucky holding the shield, which is fucking badass. But um, yeah, this this uh, builds up. I love the way the music kind of builds up here, and it just like stops as soon as the mask comes off, and the ma- you just see the mask hit the street, and then like Winter Soldier turns around, and it's Bucky. Cap's oh like, "What the fuck?" And he's like, <laughs> "Bucky." And Bucky's like, "Who the hell is Bucky?" Just such a cool reveal and such a shocking. Um, delivery back to right. to Evans um, and the acting it's, it's cool, on his man. part, bro. Like it's that mix of confusion, but like it's like he's confused for a reason, almost. Yeah. But he's still like he's really has put off his game from that. Yeah. What do you think about the Bucky reveal, Colin? Um, I think it's pretty cool. I think that <clears throat> um, once the mask comes off, you know, and you could kind of see a little bit of his face when he was having the meeting with Robert Redford, but. When the mask totally comes off, like, I wasn't really super surprised because I knew a little bit about, you know, the comic book mythology and stuff like that. But at the same time, like, it, it's a good reveal. It didn't just blow my socks off, but it, it's pretty good. You know, I, I think Cap's reaction to it is the best part of it. And like you yeah. said, like, Bucky, Bucky's confused. Like, he, like who the hell's Bucky? But he kind of gives him a look like... I know who that is. Uh, you know, like I, I, I can tell who you're talking about. Like right before he points the gun and shoots, and then Black Widow shoots the grenade at him. Like he looks at him, kind of like, I think I know you. Like he kind of gives a little bit of a hesitant look. Um, <clears throat> but I, I do like that. Basically, like there is a little bit of confusion on Winter Soldier's end. You know, he's like, yeah, who the hell is Bucky? But it's almost like an afterthought. He's like, wait. I know who that is. You know, it's like like mm-hmm. it, like there's something in the back of his head that he knows what that he knows that name. He has he's heard that before, and I think that's the look on his face. He's kind of like, wait, what? Yeah, for sure. Um, but anyway, they get captured by the strike team. They can't. The strike team can't like kill them here because they're it's very public. Um, so they get transported. While they're being transported, they get rescued by Maria Hill. Mm. Uh, pretty cool reveal. Uh, yeah. I love the way she holds up the taser and then she immediately tases the person next to him. It's cool. I, I'm really happy they brought back Maria Hill, even if it's just for a little bit. I feel like the way they'd set her up with the Avengers film, like it seems weird by not having her around. So I'm glad they found a way to bring her in for this. Um, yeah. And, she's, and I think Kobe like, Smulders is really beautiful. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude, yeah. She is, she is, you know. She is the mother. So, you know. Uh, well, not really. No, sorry cancel that spoilers um, yeah um but no she's great i've always loved her i loved her in how much your mother um i'm yeah. stoked every time she's in a marvel film yeah they they managed to escape they meet uh fury at the dam it's uh revealed that fury's not dead uh surprise surprise, surprise. <laughs> yeah. Jinx. um the the guy the doctor that helps with the gunshot wound is one of the directors Okay, I was going to say, dude, he, there's something like, they don't usually, I was like, for this guy just to be a doctor, like, they hang on him for just a second longer than I I thought. I was like, no, this is some kind of cameo. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, Joe Russo. He's, um, he's, he's obviously one of the directors, but yeah, he's also in, uh, Civil War as well, I believe. Um, he has, like, little cameos here and there, but, um, yeah, it's revealed that, you know, uh, 
fucking Fury's alive. Um, you know, it's not that much of a reveal if you've seen any other comic book movie ever. Yeah. Um, we cut back to the Winter Soldier being repaired and essentially being um, being interrogated by Redford's character, right? Like, this is... This is cool, man. Like, we see how Zola sort of rescued Bucky uh, after his sort of fall from the train in the first one. We get a quick glimpse of um, comic book legend Ed Brubaker, who created the Winter Soldier, I believe. Um, Yeah, it's like a little quick cameo. He's the one that uh, the Winter Soldier chokes out in his little sort of flashback thing. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, And basically... Redford wipes his memory and reprograms him, right? Mm-hmm. Like right. Uh, he he asks him. He's like, you can see you can see the Winter Soldier here, kind of like, um, I knew that guy on the bridge. Like he's like, who was he? And uh, you know, Redford's like, oh shit, I can kind of see him like kind of like getting his memories back and things like that. And he's like, wipe him, set, fucking reset him, and he becomes the same old robot that he was, right? Right. Yeah. He can, he can... Um, from your interpretation, do you think his memory gets wiped after every mission and then gets put back on ice? Or... Absolutely. Yeah? Okay. That's what I thought. I'd too. say so. I wasn't sure. Yeah, because I was going to say, like, this: if the seeds of doubt are planted so easily just by seeing a face that you recognize, then this guy's probably a luxury they can't really afford to just let him loose all the time. They, they, it's, it's almost like a, it's almost like a computer that, you know, after you use it for too long, it's like, okay, well, I've got a bunch of pop-up ads, whatever. I'm just going to go ahead and like restart and it'll start like fresh and new. Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, his screams, man, like they, they feel real. Like he, Stan, Stan is such a good actor here. Fuck yeah. Um, he, he, he absolutely sells the, like, he's torn, man. Like, he you can tell he's, like, he's in pain, but he's desperately trying to remember something, you know? Right, yeah, for um, sure. It's, uh, it's cool, it's cool. But then we cut back to um, the dam, and basically this is the scene where Captain America takes control. Uh, he's like, we need, we need, everything goes, everything fucking goes. Like, we get rid of S.H.I.E.L.D., we get rid of HYDRA, everything, like, we reset from fucking square one. Um, what do you think of this? Uh, either one of you. Stepping up one to wants be to go a first. hero. It's the point of no return. A classic mm-hmm. point of the hero's journey. And, um, it's Marvel doing what they do best. I love it. Mm-hmm. Right, it's it's kind of like the, um, yeah, like the the hero's journey, like the call to the call to arms. It's the call to take action. You know, we've we've been prepping enough. We've been talking about this enough. We need action now. We can't sit here and just talk about this anymore. This has been a movie that has a lot of dialogue, and it has a lot of espionage and a lot of good lines. Who can you trust? Who can't you trust? But now, now those lines in the sand are drawn. So instead of <clears throat> instead of just talking about who we can and can't trust, now we. Know know who we can and can't trust you know we, we get to reveal mm-hmm. the furies alive we get to reveal the redford's part of hydra um so it's all kind of setting up everything really good for this final act this 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 conflict that's going to yep. happen yep looks like you're given the orders now cap it's fucking mm. cool man Great yeah one. uh all right so that leads into uh, this this pretty oh, man i i just love how this movie balances the action the big blockbuster action sequences with these quieter moments um cap is sort of like uh, reminiscing about his uh his moments with with uh bucky um just the i'm with i'm with you till the end of the line which comes back later 
Uh, it's it's beautiful, man. It's beautiful. Yeah. Uh, and just the way just the way Bucky's kind of like there for him with the key. Uh, like he's he he he, know, he knows him on an intimate level. He fucking he's his brother. Um, it's cool, man. But yeah. And then, well, I was gonna say, and I really like that <clears throat> as um, as he's having. Um, you know, as he's having these moments, it ends up being Falcon who comes up, who's kind of almost like a surrogate Bucky in a way. He's like, you yeah, know, the guy, yeah. the guy doesn't even know you. And, and you would think this this conversation could go two different ways. This movie could have gone two different ways where basically he's like, yeah, you're right. He has to be stopped. He has to be destroyed, you know, blah, blah, blah. But instead, Captain America's kind of like, no, like, I think I can, I can make him come around. And it's kind of like where we might have actually seen something kind of blossom between cap and falcon it's kind of shut down with cap being like no like you know i need to go talk to him i we know i we need to go figure out what's going on and he wants to save his friend it's literally the only connection he has to his previous life and like i mean if if you know because you guys are a lot closer imagine one of you waking up and finding out that the other one is alive but he's a total douchebag and trying to kill you the whole time it's like you would you would do anything to try to convince that guy that you know that no i'm we've already been through that situation yeah right i I mean shit tuesday (laughs) yeah i know i know i know both you guys are like 70 years old and you're sleeper cell agents and super super (laughs) superhero serum soldiers and stuff but oh shit um, if you if you've blown my cover, that means I have to kill you. You are aware of this, right? Right. Yeah. Just just within cells interlinked and like calm you back down real quick. <laughs> uh. <laughs> uh. For sure, man. But um, we Cap realizes he needs another suit. <laughs> he goes and steals the old uh, first Avenger costume, which I think is awesome. I love, I love this it. this uniform. Yeah, man, it's you know, fucking awesome. It's cheesy, but it's like I don't cheesy. think it's cheesy at all. It's, I think it's I think it's more I think it's more um, practical than the other ones. Uh, like it looks like a paratrooper's outfit. Like you know, what uh, I mean? it's rustic. Nah, it's disagree, very rustic. Disagree. Yeah. Disagree. You, but okay, but well, but but here's the thing. Like it's I feel like it's a little cheesy, but like. They knowingly know it is, and that's like what gives it its charm. Mm. So I, right. I think I do like it, but I like it for different reasons. But we get we get the the great Stan Lee. I am so fired. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite cameos of his, to be honest. It's it's up. It's in the top five, I would say. Yeah. Um, so we see uh, the the Security Council uh, coming to the Triskelion. They put on these badges, which come on, which come into play a bit later. Um, and then we get introduced to Abed from Community. <laughs> Yay! Nice cameo. Uh, just a just a little cameo there. Basically, uh, Danny Pudi is that his name? Danny Pudi is his yeah, name. Yeah, Pudi, yeah. He's uh, uh, basically it's Cap and uh, Maria uh, fucking breaking into the control room. And dude, this speech is fucking oh. awesome. It runs with the Independence this is like, Day one a little bit. Yeah, it reminds me of the Rocky Four fucking speech. Like the, <laughs> <laughs> it's cool, man. Like I think it's time for you to know the truth. Uh, he's just, it's 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 Chris Evans absolutely selling this character. Um, this is the moment where you kind of like, uh, you you side with him because he's such a, like the Boy Scout thing that I used to hate. I'm on board for this time around because it's just so it's so cool, man. Like you're like, holy shit, you want to do the right thing. Yeah, it's because in this moment he's he's the leader you want to follow. You know, mm-hmm. he's you know he's he's fighting for like the the right thing, and um, they really do show this show this off in a 
in an upcoming scene, um, which which we'll touch on soon. But um, it's such a great moment, and it's the only like uh, it's, it's such a classic movie moment of that that call to arms sort of moment, and we don't get a lot of them in like Marvel films. And it's such a great mm-hmm. speech, man. It's 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 like it's like yes, this is a hero. This is what I want to do. Let's let's fight it. And it goes into this awesome scene and this awesome sequence of, of action where they've got a mission to do, which is very Star Wars-y to me. Like, it's like, okay, we're going to break off in teams. We're going to do this. Well, you do that. You do that. But we first, like, we got to tell the troops to go to war sort of thing. And I, I love that about, about stuff like this, man. Man, yeah. I, guys, I like this movie. It's a pretty good movie. Oh, I didn't notice. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so... Basically, after that, uh, the the rest of the strike team kind of walks into the security council. They hold him hostage. Uh, I love Frank Grillo down in the control room, uh, telling that guy to preempt the launch sequence and send those ships up now. Yes, yeah, so um, this is what I was talking about, man. I love how he refuses. Like he's been spied by Cap. Yeah, to, yeah. To, oh. His speech is very inspirational, right? Like it's it's awesome. But I love I love Frank Grillo like still pushing him. He's like, is there a problem? And oh, man, I can't I can't talk more highly about Frank Grillo. <laughs> he's so cool, man. He's, a fucking he's so boss. cool. He's a boss. Yeah, not he's, to mention he's scary as shit. I if was he was yelling say, at me yeah. like that, I'd shit my pants. <clears throat> he's very intimidating, and that I mean, I got to give the whatever you know the control guy. You know, he's just like, no, sir, I'm I'm not going to launch that shit. It's like fuck that. I would have been like, where do you want the ships to go, dude? Let me know. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'd be like, I'd be like, oh, you want me to go? You want me to go up now? Yeah, sure, no worries. Yeah. <laughs> You want anything to drink? Uh, or? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Can I get you a fucking coffee? Um, <laughs> but yeah, I love this, man. Shit pops off. Uh, Emily Van Camp's character, uh, fucking, what's her name? Sharon Carter. Um, she holds up the gun, and I love the way fucking Frank Grillo slices the knife. Fucking the gun falls, and he picks it up. Yeah. And then they, everything, so everything just pops off at once. Oh, it's so cool, dude. Um and then we see the fucking uh, this overhead shot of the the fucking ships just coming up from beneath. It's it's cool, man. It's so fucking cool. It's gigantic. I, that, I think, yeah, it's huge. I think I've said um, it's cool, man, so many fucking times. This podcast, <laughs> it's like we're getting, it's like we're getting like, commission on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Fuck me, man. It's cool. It's cool. It's cool. Uh, there's not really that much to kind of go into here. Like, it is an action scene, so we can kind of talk in generalities. Um, Cap basically sneaks aboard the ships. Uh, he takes them down, like, hand-to-hand combat, as he always does. It's pretty cool to see Falcon fly around and, you know, fuck shit up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Talk to again, me about it. Again, this, this sequence, to me, it's very Star Wars. we got Falcons like the X-Wing going around shooting all the ships... Well, we've got Captain America, but, you know, the Jedi fighting the big bad guy that, you know, he has a history past with, um, in this very, and that, like, station even feels like very Star Warsy to me. Well, we've got the, uh, the other guys, like, the troops fighting on the ground outside, you know, did I just describe New Hope or, or Phantom Menace or, or fucking Force Awakens? That's... Please don't mention Phantom Menace on this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Say what you want. But I love these action scenes where it's like, okay, we're going to storm the castle and we're all going to break off into little teams um, and with different little missions and stuff. I always love those moments in movies, which is like, to me, is very Star Wars-y because I feel like 
Star Wars doing best. But like Winter Soldier's doing that here in a way, and it's fucking cool, bro. And I I love the stakes we've got with Cap fighting Winter Soldier above like the high ground. Falcons being a fucking boss. Yeah, we get the reveal that um, uh, Black Widow's uh, in disguise as one of the Security Council women. Yes, uh, she's Ginny (laughs) Agutter. Oh, is she? Is that her? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's her. That's fucking awesome, man. I didn't see that Um, coming. Um, And then we even got um, uh, Fury in a a helicarrier as well. Yeah, but let's... We we haven't really mentioned... um, the CGI work in this movie, when it matters, is really cool. Mm-hmm. Like these ship, it looks like these ships are in the fucking air. Like, do you know what I mean? It, they like, pick- it doesn't. No, no, I was no, just, go, Colin. I was just gonna say they 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 pick their battles well with their CGI. You know, they they don't. Yeah. It's not it's not overly used. I mean, it's a Marvel movie. Like you eventually get very accustomed to how much of this is actually CGI. This this whole battle looks way better than Cap taking on that fucking jet. You know, elite when he's leaving Shield. Like it looks it looks so much better. Um, and I think I'll they they yeah. they pick their they they pick their they they. They pick their battles well and they pull their punches well. They know when to hit hard and they know when to not throw everything at you. And I think it's great. Something 100%. that something that blew my mind looking at behind the scenes for this film, and maybe this isn't shouldn't be that impressive, but to me it is. It's the fact that almost every time you look out of a window in this film, it's green screen because most of these are sets. They're not shooting in a building or whatever. And I know that's such a minor thing, but. Thanks for ruining the magic for me, you dick. <laughs> <laughs> but but it never feels it never feels fake. It doesn't feel all CGI. It feels super practical. Um, and that's just a very, very minor way of using CGI. It's not like having a character like Rocket or Groot where it's a fully CGI character. There's a small little detail in the background that they do. Um, but which adds, I guess, to to it. But it doesn't feel fake, which is what I love. Definitely, man. Um, I think it's just quickly important just to hit on what they're trying to achieve here. They have these, they have these chips. Uh, if they install the chips, it changes the targeting system. Um, you know, it's very comic booky, but it's still pretty cool. Um, I mean, you do have to give the the heroes an objective, so it's pretty yeah. cool. Um, I, I love I love the Falcon flying away from these missiles, and like he kind of does that little dive, and it kind of hits the, the the little dome in the in the helicarrier. It's fucking cool, man. Yeah. Um, okay, let's move on because we can kind of break down everything in this action sequence and we'll be here all day because it goes on for a while. Uh, let's talk about the Winter Soldier's kind of entrance. Just the way he fucks this, like, these guys up at this, at the helicarrier when he takes one of the jets. Mm. He kicks the guy into the propeller. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. So cool. It's fucking cool, man. It's cool. Um, and he just, like, taps the grenade. Um, I just, I, I can't get over the Winter Soldier's character. Like, I, I think I like him more as a villain than as a hero. Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, pro- yeah. But, I mean, like, I guess that's, that's also his character as well. We get Fury's arrival, um, you know, the arrival that he's alive, and, you know, Redford's like, oh, hello. <laughs> um, so, while all this is happening, um... There's an episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. where it takes place, like, within the building where they don't come across Cap, but they do come across, I think, Nick Fury. And we have Coulson and all that. They actually discover 
like what's going on. I think they overhear Cap's speech and they've had they've had their own little investigation going on. And that show, this was season one, uh, it was so fucking slow. And I'm there like thinking, fuck, do I keep watching this? I'm not even really into it. And then an episode happened where it perfectly crosses over with Winter Soldier. They'd waited for Winter Soldier. And me seeing it, like I think it was the day after the movie, I'm just like, what the fuck? It was Mm. so cool. It's a pity that show is not as amazing as it could have been. but um, I'd actually say it's shit. Yeah, it's it's, it's not great. But... If you want to have a real, if you want to have a fun time, um, and you really want more Winter Soldier experience, that's one episode willing to check out. Um, that's pretty cool, and it just goes to show like the intertwinedness of this was so great. What happened? Yeah. I don't fucking know. I wish all the fucking you, movies tied into shows, but yeah. do you guys understand this moment um, where Fury's like, "You need to keep both eyes open," like? I don't get how... Like, does he have both profiles of his eyes on his, on the system? Like, I don't... Uh, I don't fully understand how he's able to use the other eye. I don't know. Huh. I, 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 wasn't, I didn't even really think about that, honestly. Um... Yeah. It's like he's blind or something. You know what? I actually don't know. Is he revealing that he's... He, he has an eye? Is it the well, fact he, that he, oh, uses well, he has his, an eye? He uses his fucked up eye to get access to the system. Right, so it's like, maybe that's um, the reveal, it's like, oh, I didn't know that was a thing. Hmm. I, I, uh, I always felt it's maybe a reference to, and this is so fucking stupid, but um, there was a Nick Fury film with uh, David Hasselhoff in like I think oh, the yeah. 90s, and behind that patch in his eye, he stores a miniature grenade. <laughs> oh my god so there's a grenade in his what? eye or something yeah it's fucking stupid what so yeah I don't know like okay. I always thought maybe it's a nod to that like while we chat I'm gonna look it up see if there's a reference we didn't miss but the I fighting think, yeah uh, the fighting with uh, Cap, Falcon, and Winter Soldier is fucking awesome uh, Winter Soldier rips off uh, fucking Falcon's wing oh it's awesome man he takes him out of the fight it's pretty badass uh we we get um this fucking awesome moment of uh Frank Grillo just kind of like taking dudes down. Like this guy is like incredibly like physical. Um and then we get the showdown between Cap and Bucky. Um and basically Bucky's in Cap's way and then we get another fucking hand-to-hand fight. This is this this is going to sound like really repetitive, so I'm just going to fucking blow through this. I know, I know. It's not doing the movie justice because the movie does this so well. It like everything here, the way it's directed is so very well, proficiently and efficiently directed. Um, Colin, do you have anything to say about this? Well, I, I think more so to your point of not being able to. I mean, we're talking about a movie that's half espionage, half a action thriller movie, and I think that not only can we not, you know, words can't summarize exactly what it is that we're seeing like all the time. It's just so much. I mean, that if you any, if you've seen a Marvel movie, you know exactly what we're talking about. We can't sit here and summarize every little thing out, and it's also doing an injustice to the choreography and the time that it's taken. You know, these people to learn and do this stuff. I think that it's great to kind of like highlight on stuff. I think it's great to look at 
uh, to look at certain scenes like we were talking about with Cap in the elevator and him throwing the dude into the roof and bringing it back down. Like there's certain things about those scenes that we like, but it's really hard to just continually articulate these action scenes to go, oh, yeah, well, he throws the left punch and this guy throws a right punch. And then he, you yeah. know, we, we're, yeah. we're, this, I mean, congratulations. You just did a six hour long podcast. Um, <laughs> and and it's, it's it's actually it's actually funny you mentioned that because like um i posted a photo on my personal instagram talking about like you know i was going to talk about this uh captain america winter soldier and our good friend of the show jesse privet as he always likes to comment on our photos oh, i yeah. love that kid um he posted this better be a three-hour epic and look <laughs> it's it's gonna be a three-hour epic oh it's yeah just, it's just really tough to kind of talk about every single gut punch th- um that happens like you know like um well not only that it's it, it's also it's also well, somewhat honestly, of a complicated guys, story. Honestly, guys, well, that too. I could do that. I could talk about every single gut punch. Well, and, fuck, um, well, no, duh, and this we is where we like to announce. This is where we like to announce that <laughs> next week we're actually recording the the extended cut of uh, the Winter Soldier podcast, <laughs> where we get it's going to be twelve hours long. Uh, we're going to prefer every punch. Uh, we're going into the. We're actually going to uh, talk about the audio commentary, and we're going to break every word down in that. <laughs> Um, for the special features so stay tuned um it's gonna be a great episode 100 percent. yeah but uh, look <laughs> before that um i want to uh i want to uh touch on probably the the next sort of like big emotional beat um and that's basically when cap chokes out bucky and bucky lets go of the chip and bucky's just fucking firing away at cap and it's like you know you'd think that cap's failed but he hasn't right like he's able to, uh, he's able to put the chip in, and basically the helicarriers are fucking each other up. This is awesome, man! Like this, the way so you see cool. these, like the you see the parts of the fucking ships just blow away at each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know, I guess to to your point, Matt, like in every little uh, in every little in every Star Wars movie, there's kind of like a sub fight, I guess. So you got uh, Falcon fighting um, Frank Grillo's character. Um, but yeah, it's cool. Um, funny fact: you get you see the the helicarriers targeting Tony Stark, which is cool. Um, but yeah, um, this that, movie that, that so fucking good. <laughs> so You're out there? Did yeah, you, man. So you, so you he like he like chokes the fuck out of Winter Soldier. He's still like, let's go. He like fucking like the helicarriers blow up. And then there's like that that falling sequence. Just before that happens, though, um, we get the reveal that the badges that the well the the security oh, council yes. are wearing, yeah, burn a hole through their hearts uh, if if need be. So uh, Redford gets the upper hand on them. But before that happens, Black Widow pulls out her signature electronic kind of like stun stun grenades, I guess. She pushes her hers and it like nullifies her badge, so she can't she can't really be affected. And bang, Fury puts a bullet into fucking Redford. I would have shot him either way. Fuck the fuck the electronic thing. Like, oh, you're gonna hit a button after I plug you six times? I don't fucking think so, dude. I, like, I'm gonna shoot you once well, in the face, and you're gonna drop that thing. Yeah, and there's that sequence where uh, Black Widow's like gonna throw up the um. She's like, I'm gonna put all our secrets online, and he's like. What about your past? That's gonna come up, and she's just like "fuck you," and do 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 do, and then it's like the whole internet knows Reddit would have had a field day, you know? <laughs> yeah. like, oh shit, 
fucking uh, Richard Branson's from Hydra. What? Or, you know, all this but Illuminati then- shit going on. So many conspiracy theories. Imagine being... Remember, you know that annoying conspiracy theorist guy? Imagine him after Hydra. It's like, I told you guys, Walmart uh, is secretly raised up their prices because they're Nazis. Uh, Walmart, please don't sue. <laughs> um, <laughs> please don't sue. Um, but yeah, like that would have been crazy. Imagine if that happened real. Like, I guess we had that with Edward Snowden, right? Like this is pretty Snowden-ish, but like this is like next level. Like that would have been, that would have affected every aspect of our lives. That would have been crazy. For sure. Um, but then yeah, that's like when we the get the sort world. of like the... No, go on, Matt. Go on, Colin. No, I was just going to say literally like the real world implications of that. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Um, but then we get the, the, the falling sequence of the helicarriers. Um, just the way just the way they fucking fall and you get that really cool aerial shot of the, the, the helicarrier hitting the fucking ground. Um, this movie up to this point, it was, it's kind of small in scale. Like when you think of an action superhero movie, um, it's not until this moment where shit starts to blow up. So you kind of really needed this, I guess, to show that, you know, you spent quite a little bit of money on this movie. Um, but really, you don't think it's small, but it's been mostly hand to hand combat sequences, right? Like, well, well, we've had explosions in the streets and stuff. I, I guess so. Like, it's not like they're fighting aliens or whatever, but like, I feel like the stakes have been big, you know? The, well, yeah, been, the stakes. It's been small but... spy level combat sort of shit. I'll, I'll give you that. But like the stakes have been kind of big, but. Right, this so this is, the, is a Captain America movie. I was going to say, this is a Marvel movie. If it doesn't end with yeah. something 30,000 feet above the air or the entire fate of the universe getting destroyed, it's not a Marvel movie. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, like, which, you which need goes to satisfy your wider that, audiences. Um, that goes to my theory that Ant-Man and the Wasp is not a Marvel film. It's actually... No, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, I might be with you on there. But... We cut back to the main helicarrier where Steve and Bucky are. Uh, Bucky's sort of pinned down under under a, a, be- a beam or a girder or whatever. And this is where you kind of get the sort of emotional impact of the movie, right? This is where... Yeah. This is where, this is where fucking Bucky's beating the shit out of Cap, right? You're my mission. Um, and, like, he's, t- he's fucking taking a, a brutal fucking hit from his... his his fucking metal arm yeah and cap's really desperately trying to remind him who he is right your name is james buchanan barnes um it's it's beautiful it's a beautiful scene man like cap drops his shield i'm not gonna fight you um he's like you're my friend and then it's just Ugh, I can't. Well, Colin, what do you think of this scene? I, I think you. I think it's a very touching scene, and you can feel. You can really feel Captain America. You know. Um, you know, like just. I'm not going to fight you, and you can tell the hesitation in Bucky, but that hesitation backed by such a confused anger of him being like, like if you're, you know, if if you know, like, and I love the reveal. You know, when Captain just, you know, he, not only does he drop the shield, he takes the helmet off, and he's like, no, look at me, like fucking look at me, like I'm yeah. Steve, you're Bucky, like this is who you are, like yeah, I'm yeah, I'm Captain America now, and yeah, you you're the Winter Soldier, but we were friends, like I was Steve and you were Bucky, and that's all that mattered, like before we became kind of like 
um, kind of like war dogs for different factions. Like we were friends. Like that's what's more important. And I think it's ultimately, you know, like I said, he takes that fucking beating. And it's it's ultimately the thing that really stops Winter Soldier from just blasting his fucking head off, uh, you know, because he's standing above him and he's totally got the drop on him, you know. But he hesitates, and then that thing kind of hits him and knocks them all down, both down, or knocks uh, uh, knocks Captain America down into the water. Um, but One I love of my this favorite. Oh, sorry. No, no, no. I was just gonna say I love that scene. I think oh, it's yeah. great. I, th- I think it's a good note to end, like ra- start wrapping things up on. Yeah, man. Like one of my favorite fight scenes in the whole MCU um, was from from like a story standpoint. It's always been um, at the end of the first Thor, where Thor fights Loki. Because you can tell like they kind of don't want to fight each other, but they have to. And it's that emotional like it's like they're being torn apart by each other. So it's it's mm-hmm. more than just this physical fight. And I get the same reaction from like Cap's side in this fight. And it's like. It's more than just a, a fight scene. It's a it's an emotional struggle. It's like, oh, it's so powerful. And like, I'm it's sure cool, Bucky, he's never had a mission like that before, where he's like, had to fight someone who doesn't want to fight in a way. It's such a powerful. Moment. I love, I love the kind of like the fading shot of like Bucky's hand reaching into the water mm, yeah, to, to save great. Steve. But Beautiful. my one of my one of my favorite shots in the entire movie is Steve lying on the on the on the on the bank there and then in the background you see the Triskelion just kind of like smoking and like um Bucky's just kind of like walking away I'm literally looking at that right now like I think it's Mm. great because it's it's a battle that can't be won by blows it just it just can't like you can punch as hard as you want but I'm not going to hit you and I know I'm right and it's like god damn dude like that's great such a wallpaper shot but um Steve wakes up uh to Marvin Gaye's Trouble Man uh, you know, which obviously everything comes back in Marvel, so here we are. Uh, and on your left, <laughs> nice. that's awesome. awesome. I love on it when left. you have callbacks like that. It's like I was saying before: mm-hmm. you take a, a phrase, put in a new context. Ah, oh, man, yeah. it's just I love seeing it's awesome. a full circle. I love a full circle. It's really. Film. It's really cool to uh, close this movie on Trouble Man. Like we get the montage, uh, Sharon Carter's doing the the training. Kirby Smulders is at Stark Industries. We don't that doesn't really come back in the MCU, unfortunately. But uh, you know what can you do? Um, the the senator uh, played by Gary Shandling gets arrested. Uh, Crossbones is fucking rushed to hospital. He's got the the cross kind of like the the gun holsters. You know, just a little tease of what's to come. Uh, Fury destroys the tech, uh, you know, sets it on fire, and we get probably my favorite sequence of, um, of Black Widow in the MCU. I love this little fuck you to the Congress. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, I think, I think it's great because it's a character who, um, you know, she doesn't really, uh, for one thing, a lot of people talk about how, um, downplayed Black Widow is and how, you know, like, I, I don't know, because when you're, you know, when the kids are snagging up toys and, you know, we're looking at merchandising and stuff, I mean, we really don't give a fuck about Black Widow. We really don't give a fuck about Hawkeye. So it's great to kind of see, like, we like it, like we would have been just fine watching an Avengers movie not knowing that she ever existed. Now, she's a great character and I'm glad they have introduced her. I'm not, like, trying to diminish the character at all, but I'm trying to say, like, 
in a way like she's she's finally getting a scene where she can just like she's she's standing up for herself she's she's not picking a side she's not being told what to do she's not being micromanaged into whatever it is that she's supposed to be doing like this is her speaking as natasha not even as black widow not as kgb not as hydra not as shield like this is her just talking as herself and finally getting that and i think there's i think it's great too because it's letting um it, it, I, and not to get like too meta and like liberal into this, you know, but it's 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 a it's a woman in a room full of old white dudes who are like, what happened? Sure. Like, blah, blah, blah. What's going on? And she's like, stop speaking for me. Like, I am speaking now. Like, and fuck you is what I'm saying. Like, it's like, I don't care what you're saying anymore because I'm I'm my own person. Like, I'm not taking like I'm going to take orders from the people who do the right thing at the end of the day. But even that doesn't really stay because uh, by the end of it, you know, she's basically in the next movie, she literally defects like right at the very end and saves, you know, let helps Captain America and the Winter Soldier escape. Um, so it's 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 great because not only is she not only does she have a great arc in this movie because she's saying, you know, I don't know what lies I'm telling anymore. I don't know who to believe. You know, believe in yourself. Believe in the people around you who support you and want you to succeed in that kind of way. Like she knows who to trust now, and she knows that it's not you know people who tell you you know who tell you what to do. It's the people who are you usually doing it alongside with you. Yeah, I, I agree with you, man. And I, I just want to point out as well, it's like, um, this is familiar territory for the MCU. Like Iron Man 2, we've had a Congress scene. I think we had one in Civil... No, Avengers. I think there's another one, I think, somewhere. Um, but yeah, I love how she sort of ends. Like, so why don't we just arrest you? Say, because you need us and walks out. Like, it's pretty cool. It's a badass way to wrap up the film. We've got a nice little like, monologue we we cut through a few other things too that being said if i can just be an asshole for a minute here <laughs> in real life if we were just like you won't arrest us because you need us and then like i just walked out of congress no no they'd fucking tackle me down they'd arrest me right there yeah <laughs> and my ass would be in fucking jail <laughs> like but you know right. what it's a movie we need cool moments so like we let it slide <laughs> but um but everything she says is true, though. She, she, we, they yeah. kind of have the Avengers and and then they have they have the government by the balls, which again makes sense why they do what they choose to do in Civil War uh, with the Sokovia Accords. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hundred percent. I think it's great because, like you said, they have the government by the balls, and at the same time, like literally, we just took your best. You know what? What? what I mean, what do you call Shield? Just a branch of security, like the CIA and the FBI and stuff like that. It's like, yeah, yeah. We literally took one of your best security agencies and exposed like a mole, like not just one mole, an entire organization. Like there was about to be a straight up fucking mutiny. Like, what are you going to do? Arrest us? Eat shit, dude. Like, see if we do it again next time, you know, (laughs) fuck off. Like I I, like because you're right. It's you know, it is kind of like cheesy and it is kind of hokey. Like and I'm not going to lie. I hate the shot as she's walking out and it gets kind of slow-mo and everybody's getting up in her face and taking pictures. Like, I hate that shot. I don't know why. I just can't stand it. But at the same time, like... It, it is a good point because they're like, what you know, you can't do anything to us. Like we're we're the people you call when something goes bump in the night. So you know, if if you want to if you want to handle it, go right ahead. But with if there's people like us that exist, then there are people who are like us on the other side of things that exist, and we're the ones who you know we're the ones who take care of that when you need it taken care of. Which is why the Avengers were formed in the first place. Right. So, mm-hmm. I, Couldn't have put it better myself. 
Um, Alright, so we get this final, final scene at the cemetery. Colonel Nicholas J. Fury, did you notice the uh, the little thing? Uh, no. no. Which one? Which, which one? Uh, under, uh, like, on his on his tombstone, it's got the path of the righteous man. Oh, yeah, yeah. The no fucking fiction. way. Yeah, man. Little fucking callback to Jules over there in Pulp Fiction. Damn. Yeah. And his name is the Lord. <laughs> um, but, yeah, they kind of say their goodbyes. Um, you get uh, ScarJo's character coming in, giving, him, uh, giving uh, Steve the file. Uh, be careful. You might not want to pull on that thread. And I love the way the movie ends. When do we start? Mm-hmm. Yes. It's cool, man. Um, it's cool. Which is a fucking gangster way to end a film. Love For sure. Um, but we've also got the mar- uh, end credit sequences, don't we? Yeah, 100%. It's not a Marvel movie without the end credit sequence. And I think this movie has actually one of the best um, end credit sequences. Um, just quickly, I also want to point out, um, Marvel do this really cool thing between like the actual end of the film and then the first uh, end credit sequence. The way they do their credits is really creative. Um, mm. This one, you know, you kind of get these silhouettes. It's really cool. But I think Ant-Man and the Wasp is the one that has the best one so far. Um, it's kind of like these little miniatures, like these little toys that really make that make up the scenes of the actual movie. It's pretty cool. Probably, yeah, um, probably the best. It's, it's yeah. the most interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we cut to, I believe it's Russia. Uh, it's it's wherever the the the, the a- uh, Age of Ultron starts. Basically, um, do we see? Yeah, we see Loki's scepter here. Um, like shit's gonna go down with that shit. And then we meet uh, Wanda and and Pietro Maximoff, who are the, uh, I believe they call them miracles in here, but technically they're mutants. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they're a Magneto's Silver and Scarlet yeah, Witch. Yeah, exactly. Magneto's kids. Yeah, Scarlet Witch, Quicksilver, another Quicksilver, I know. With, uh, um, was it Baron Von Strucker, I think his name is? Yeah, Baron Von yeah. Strucker. He, I, I was like, oh, this guy's going to be awesome in fucking Age of Ultron, but it turns out he gets killed in fucking <laughs> 10 minutes, but all yeah. right. Yeah. Is another so, yeah, character are... who is fleshed out slightly a little mm. bit in S.H.I.E.L.D. Hmm. Not that anyone oh, okay. cares. <laughs> no, no one cares. No one gives a shit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I love the reveal, man. Uh, I love the re- I love fucking the way it ends with Wanda destroying those cubes. It's cool. Mm. Uh, and then I guess if you want to talk about it, you just get the reveal at the end, right at the end, uh, that Bucky is alive. Um, and that's pretty much it. I don't know what is else that, that end credit is. Is that where he, um, he visits the memorial? Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's great for me because that's where he sort of starts to learn about who he really is. Right. Um, yeah. Gives you that Actually, little, yeah. Gives that little inkling, that little taste of, oh, mm. is he, he's going to become Bucky again soon? What's he going to do with that information? Will he be a good guy? I, mm-hmm. I love that, man. That's such a great yeah. way to to wrap it up. And then, it. oh no, go on, Colin. Oh no, 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 you go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, and then it cuts to black. Captain America will return in Avengers: Age of Ultron. Um, I think the coolest one of those was Ant Man and the Wasp, where it's like. Ant-Man and the Wasp will return. And question it's like question mark. mark. <laughs> a question mark just comes up after it, like right at the end. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, no, I was going to ask, uh, what's the budget on this, Oheb? Uh, I actually know this, 170. <laughs> All right, now, what did, what did it make in the U.S. total? Holy shit. I don't know about the U.S. because I don't care about the U.S. I don't, oh, I don't fuck. Know well, we dominate the market, motherfucker. No, I'm just kidding. Racist. <laughs> Uh, I know worldwide, it's like 760, I think. Right. Now, this is kind of crazy. Like, 
a budget of $170 million. This is kind of surprising to me. It only, I know, I know this sounds crazy saying it only made, but you know, when we're talking about the big numbers with these Marvel movies, $170 million to make, it only made 259 in the U S which is kind Mm, of, I'm saying that. What? Yeah. Which is what I buy it. And here's why I buy it. Okay. Think of it this way. Right. First of all, I think a lot of people were a little bit underwhelmed with the first Captain America film. Um, it mm-hmm. wasn't this big spectacle or whatever. Second of all, what what was this movie following? Was it Iron Man three? Yeah, uh, or Thor the Dark Thor. World. Yeah, Thor the Dark so World. so Thor the Dark World might have scared a few people off the Marvel films because that movie is easily one of the worst, if not the worst, MCU film. Um, and to top it all off, like this movie in a way is kind of rebooting. Captain America in a way like it's a new style to present him in it's a new set of um, supporting characters it's a it's a new way of dealing with his powers so we didn't know how fucking cool he is because the action scenes involving Captain America are not on the same level in um, the first Avenger and the Avengers so like I'm not sort of surprised that some people were a bit they weren't expecting it to be as amazing as it was Mm. But um, their loss, honestly, fucking banger of a film. Yeah, I think. Agreed. Well, I think I think it also goes to show that this might have been around the time that people, you know, you talk about the kind of pseudo failure of like the Dark World, um, but at the same time, this was probably around the time when a lot of people were starting to feel the Marvel fatigue. Uh, which is like, I mean, it's a very real thing. Like, I get it. You know, we we were, yeah. like you said, like Thor had just come out. We just put out Guardians of the Galaxy. Here's another Captain America movie. We're already on to, I mean, when did Iron Man 3 come out? What was that, like 2015? I think the year before. I think the year before, maybe. 2013. Right, yeah. So, so I mean, like, literally, and Iron Man 3 was kind of meh. You know, and Iron Man 2 yeah. was kind of meh. Yeah, so we're having these sequels that aren't doing so hot. And right out the gate, we have a series that I, I love the first Avenger. I think it's great. Um, I don't like it as much as this one. And I think it's very odd because you very rarely have a movie uh, like the, it's usually always the opposite. You have an original movie that does really, really great. And then they try to capitalize on it and it fucking crumbles and it doesn't do that great. Um, and it's very odd because we have first Avenger, which is a great movie winter soldier, which is definitely better. And then civil war. That's like, that might as well be called Avengers three. Like that's, that's, that's like, that's that movie is so fucking good and packed full of so many heroes that it, it, like it kind of, you forget that it is a captain America movie, but I think without a doubt, civil war is the best one, but it's so crazy that, it actually gets better as a trilogy. You think it would be the opposite. You think it would be, you know, kind of like a trickle down effect, you know, where it's not so good as it goes on. But it's so crazy that it actually gets stronger and it gets better. Um, and I think that's partly to do with uh, the, the like the Russo brothers. But um, you know, these the the screenwriters that we mentioned earlier are the ones who wrote, the, I believe, the the first Captain America movie. Now it, it's directed by. Joe Johnston, who did The Rocketeer, which is one of my favorite like comic book things. I watched it a lot growing up. Uh, I think he was the perfect choice for it, given his repertoire of being able to pull off like a World War II um, kind of uh, superhero. But it's it, this movie's kind of an anomaly. It seems like it flew under the radar. It not not flew, un- flew under the radar is 
a bit much, but given the playing field that it's in, it was underrated. And it's crazy because it's better than just about, I want to say it's better than 80% of the Marvel movies that have come out that I've seen. Um, yeah. And it doesn't, it hasn't quite gotten its day in the sun. And I think that, especially with, with the success of Civil War, a lot more people went back and were like, no, nah, I need to see Winter Soldier. I, I know that was the case for myself. Um, I, I, I saw the first Captain America. I didn't see the second one. And then I saw Civil War. And I was like, oh, okay, I need to go back and watch the second one. And I was just blown away. And I think most people would if they actually gave it a chance. Yeah, honestly, I think um, – oh, just real quick. Oh, no. I, oh, I think yeah, you're right in the ahead. money. I think you're right in the money. Um, I think um, mainstream audiences were a bit uh, – so they might have avoided it a little bit. Um, that being said, you got to remember we're in a time period where the only film had grossed over – uh, I think a billion at the time was Iron Man 3. I don't think even Avengers did that. Uh, actually, mm-hmm. no, I think Avengers did do it. But uh, I'm not too sure, actually. But um, uh, the thing the thing is, is like, keep in mind, is like, they, yeah, I think that fatigue, the fatigue had kicked in and I've, I've lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I'll, 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 I'll help you out because that's what I was going to talk about. I, I just wanted to quickly, while we're on it, I wanted to touch on um, Marvel fatigue, right? I don't think that's a thing. Just outright, I'm going to, like, straight up say well, it. Because... I think this film kind of changed that. Hold, hold on, hold on, Matt. Let me let me just finish this quickly. Uh, Avengers 1 grossed over a billion dollars. Iron Man 3, I think, it, it grossed over a billion dollars just because it was the next one after Avengers. But, I mean, you can't say that there's Avengers fatigue when they're on movie number 19, Avengers Infinity War, grosses $2.041 billion. Like, that's... That's yeah. fucking crazy. No, I yeah, remember yeah. my like, thing now. Um, so, 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 just real, real quick. Um, in the cult, in the fandom of Marvel, um, Winter Soldier still is seen as by a lot of people the best or top three. You know, I think the ones that sort of challenge it are Infinity War, um, Civil Panther. War, Black Panther, and then I guess maybe for some people Ragnarok. Uh, nah, man. You Guardians. know what? I used to think Guardians and Winter Soldier were back to back the best film tied for the best in franchise. Okay, I recently wait, watched Guardians start, 1. Before I we don't... start ranking them, Colin was about to say something. Oh, well, 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 like, I just don't want to get off track. Nah, that's fine. That's fine. Um, stay on topic. Um, uh, I think in mainstream audiences, they, they, they skip this, but in the cult sort of Marvel fandom, Winter Soldier has been always seen as one of the best films. It's just a shame that people didn't, not everyone got to see it as much. Right, yeah, I totally agree with that. Like, I was going to say that, like, I I respectfully 100% disagree that there's not Marvel fatigue because, like, I feel it. Like, I don't have the time or the inclination to even go see a lot of these movies anymore because w- w- there, was, there was so long that we went without these things. I think that's why I look at 1989's Batman. I mean, we, there were so many bad comic book adaptations that were trying to come out in the early 90s and stuff like that just and a lot and but batman kind of opened the gate for those and luckily with the marvel cinematic universe it hasn't fallen on its face like we did in the early 90s with um with like the oh oh my god like the fantastic four movie the captain america movie i mean in the early 90s those things were dog shit the 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 david hasselhoff nick fury movie i mean like there there's so many things that fall on their face and every time one of these movies opens up the floodgates and everybody tries to pack through yeah. and it doesn't always work like you know there's there's 
there's only so many of these movies. Like, if you want to talk numbers, like, yeah, sure, that's fine. Like, I think that, yeah, they make a lot of money and that's great. But most of the people, the majority, if you want to take 100% of the people who are going to see these movies, how many of them are under 18? You know, how many of them are under, how many of them are under 15? You know, how many, like, how many of them are kids who are going to see these movies? And it makes total sense. I would have gone, I mean, I, all of us would have seen this movie as a child if we were 10 years old. Sure. Like, there's no fucking yeah. way. But I think that when you want to talk numbers, it's a different thing. But when you want to talk about substance and what these things, what these things kind of, uh, because it's it, it does start to feel like when you've got Thor that kind of stumbles and falls and Iron Man 2 and Iron Man 3 that kind of stumble and fall and the first Captain America is kind of okay. Like, we start to feel the fatigue of those things because you're just cranking them out back back to back to back and obviously not caring much about the quality and thankfully they've kind of course corrected in that way um wow, you know they've yeah. they've course corrected in a way where winter soldier was fucking badass civil war was was insane uh but it really they, it, it, as much as like they hit a high note you know like I, I do like the first captain america i definitely like the first iron man they they do kind of hit well, but then as they Captain America is really the only one that picks up as it goes on. The other ones kind of start to drop off a little bit more. No, um, and I, I think you're right. Well, um, I, I I think I think it's just I think it's honestly just comes down to a thing of obviously like personal taste and personal substance. Um, but and I think it's something that the you know the DC universe kind of struggles with is the fact that you know like one good movie comes out like Man of Steel. I like Man of Steel. I thought I thought it was a good movie. Um, actually released on my birthday, which is kind of crazy. I've never had a movie come out on my birthday ever except for Man of Steel. Um, but I did like Man of Steel, but it doesn't. Man of Steel being good does not justify Batman versus Superman, Justice League, uh, you know, the Aquaman movie that's coming out, which I hope is good. I do uh, like James. I, I do like. League. I do like James Wan, and I do hope it's a good movie. You know, Wonder Woman was okay. You know, Wonder Woman did not live up to all the hype that happened behind it. But if you want to look at the numbers, if you want to look at the numbers behind it, yeah, it was it was it was fantastic, and it knocked it out of the park. But um, I think that with with the Marvel movies, I definitely think that the fatigue is a real thing because you have people who you know you have these movies that yeah it's 19 movies and we started the cinematic universe like a decade ago you know it, it, look, it's kind it's kind of a bit of whiplash from it look let me, let me say this let me say this and i know we don't want to turn this into a whole podcast but mild fatigue but like oh no i'm taking so the fucking as, gloves off motherfuckers yeah. <laughs> let's go <laughs> no, let, let me say this let me say this i partially like i see where you're coming from 100 i'm worried that i'm starting to experience dare i say it Star Wars fatigue um, mm. already, which is pretty soon. Um, but like you know, as someone who does love Marvel and I'm, I'm obsessed with it, I do see the chinks in the armor. I do see the problems, and I do understand where people may get sick of it. I think what Marvel's doing right is they are refreshing and they are trying new genres within. They're trying to mix it up. They're trying to stay fresh. I think the Winter Soldier is probably the first good example of Marvel coming out of their awkward sort of early phases and being like, okay, we're going to try something different. And they Mm -hmm. fucking pulled it off. And now the more they do it, the more they're getting better at it. So like Guardians was them trying to do like a comedic musical Star Wars. And then we've got like Ant-Man was a heist movie. Say with that what you will. We've got fucking uh, Thor Ragnarok, which is basically a fantasy comedy. Like it's, it's weird like that. Um, and this is what's keeping them afloat, I think, and what's doing, what's, what's helping them keep fresh. Um, hopefully they keep it up. Um, but that's, what's sort of keeping me 
super excited into it. That's working for me right now. But yeah, this was at a weird time when this film came out. I think in terms of fatigue, I'm maybe I'm not feeling it. See, I'm not feeling Star Wars fatigue at all. Like, uh, I as a as a as a moviegoer, um, I think that if they've got a cool story to tell and if they do it well then I don't feel the fatigue at all. Like, I mean, look, look at me. I'm fucking stoked for the new Mission Impossible movie. Um, and I'm this stoked is their, for it too, actually. <laughs> this is their sixth one now. The reviews came out the other day, and they're saying it's as fresh as ever. Like, it's one of the... They're saying really high praise about that movie, like, that it's, like, one of the greatest action movies in recent memory. Uh, like, that was amazing praise. Like, they yeah. compared it... They compared a, a lot of the stuff to Mad Max because it's practical effects. Hmm. Um, like, do I if I don't feel I don't really feel fatigue for movies. Like, you know what I mean? Let, uh, let me say you, this: if oh, sorry, if if you don't mind, no, no, in. go on. Um, the, the the type of fatigue I feel, which is something, it's, it's this one sort of tonal element I'm seeing a lot of now. Which I think Marvel's had an effect on, which, funnily enough, is not present in Winter Soldier. It's like. You guys remember when you watched Jurassic World and all that clean CGI everywhere? Like to me, it felt like a Marvel film and not in a good way. Um, and I'm seeing that pop up in Star Wars. I'm seeing it pop up in a lot of things, and it makes me feel like uh, the action doesn't feel as tense or exciting because of the the um, the cleanness of it all. And a film I saw recently, which sort of like was like thank you, um, which was like a breath of fresh air, which was Upgrade. Because Upgrade, mm. you know, it's super practical, it's super real, just like it is in Winter Soldier. And it's like, oh, I don't see much of this anymore because now everyone's got this crazy CGI over-the-top route. Um, a film I'm super excited for, and I can't remember if I said this to you, Zoheb, or if it was to my other mate, but I saw the trailer for that new movie coming out called, what's it? Mile 27 or Mile 22? Mile 22. I, mile I posted 22. on that. Yeah, I posted yeah. A, a When post I saw that, that trailer, I lost my fucking mind. I'm like, mm. the dude from the raid, all the shit looks practical. And the way I describe it, it's like, oh, it feels like one of those 90s action films. Because back then, they just had to use explosions and flip cars. That's all they could do. And I miss that type of shit because it, it's real, it feels real, and it makes you a bit more excited. And Winter Soldier does this really well. But then, you know, I look at other films um, and when they, you know, I think Marvel does it well, but when you get these, like, other summer blockbusters trying to do the same thing, it doesn't feel the same. Um, and, and yeah, so I think that's a little bit of fatigue I'm getting. Maybe it's not Marvel fatigue, but it's, like, over-the-top CGI fatigue that doesn't feel real fatigue. All right, boys, <laughs> let's wrap this up. Let's, yeah, every, uh, every- let's give us our... Everybody put your dicks away. The sword fight is over. <laughs> <laughs> My sword is longer. Um, anyway, let's... Uh, <laughs> let's... let's uh, Everyone give their closing thoughts on Captain America the Winter Soldier. Let's start with you, Colin. Uh, I think this movie is great. It definitely... It's one of the only movies I don't feel the Marvel fatigue about. Um, I think that the... I, but... It, not to beat a dead horse like the parts the parts that for me prove the point of the fatigue are the uh, really the final third act like yeah it's cool and yeah we get resolution and stuff like that we don't really give a fuck about those helicarriers blowing up we give a fuck about no we don't right we like okay yeah we've seen that a thousand times yeah great the world blah 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 blah. but at the same time
same time, we care more about the um, practical effects, the fantastic choreography. The music is extremely well done. Um, the actual, like the acting between uh, Chris Evans and Stan, you know, it's just such a such a great job because it's it's very believable. Um, and at the same time, we actually have a story that we give a fuck about because it's kind of one of those things where we get so tired of always seeing the world needing to be saved and the universe about to be destroyed and blah, blah, blah. We get so tired of that. And I think that uh, winter soldier is such a refreshing breath of air because it's not about that. It's about who can you trust if you're the hero and somebody's telling you what to do, you know, are you sure that you're doing the right thing? Um, it's like if you, you know, if, if you're, if you're just a war dog for something and you don't question the things that you're doing, are you really better than the people that you're even, fighting you know and that that's kind of like not not to go not to go too deep into it but it's kind of like with the third reich like a lot of those people did not question what germany was doing they didn't question why they were killing these people and shoving them into buses and that's trains a, and stuff that's like a that. deep fucking pull colin it is but it is you're right you're right but it, but at the same time i think that uh i think that there's some i think there is some kind of uh substance to that because finally we have you know, Captain America, who's like, why am I doing this? Is this really what makes me happy? Like, question everything. Question your motives for whatever it is that you do. And that, I, I mean, just personally, that's a big um, a big part of my belief system and stuff is question everything around you. And is this does this make you a better person? How has any of this made your life better? Is this making the lives of the people around you better? Um, you know, what is the cost of, of those things? Which is another great thing that Captain America brings up. You know, yeah, it, we, we exchange security for fear and that's really all the, all the you know all that happened and that's and that's really I mean again that's a big thing a part of World War II was that Hitler was able to draw draw, you know, draw up support by scaring the shit out of people um, and that you know ba- basically blaming Jews and saying all this bad stuff that was going on is because of this and we see that a lot like what we were talking about with the NSA and, and, and blaming things on oh well it's terrorism it's terrorism it's terrorism and we don't ever really put a face to this thing it's just a nameless faceless thing that we call terrorism or you know um, or domestic terrorism or, or blah, blah, blah. But it's great to finally see a movie that somewhat questions that. Like, why are we fighting? And what what is this really about? Is this really about the fate of the world? No, it's not about the fate of the world anymore. It's about, you know, finally realizing, uh, especially for Captain America, what it, and, a, and a, a really especially for the Winter Soldier, are you making the right decisions? And uh, it, it, we get way more of that questioning coming out of the Winter Soldier because he, I mean, doesn't even know who the fuck he is. And he finally has a chance to... Get a little elbow room and breathe and find out who he is and not just be some like pacified war dummy for for people and I, I think that's really great uh, and I think that's that's what makes the movie feel really really good is that it's not just another we're the good guys they're the bad guys and that's it like no we're starting to question things and see who we can really trust and I, I think that's great and I, I think it's I think it's not stated enough and yeah we can talk about the choreography and yeah we can talk about how great everybody is in their roles but the bigger message behind this is just you you know you can't just go through your life not questioning why you're fighting and who you're fighting and what you're fighting for badass uh mic drop me. <laughs> no no so so good luck good luck good luck following that <laughs> guys i i just think it was a good movie <laughs> um now, you know what when i think of the reasons why i like this film I, I can't help but draw insane amounts of parallels to 
Christopher Nolan's The Dark Knight. Like, if you like put the Heath Ledger amazing performance aside, it's almost the exact same things. I love the way they treat character and stakes and make it personal, but it's also larger at the same time. I like how there's like this slight element on social commentary. I'm not saying these films are the same or even on the same level, but um, that's that's what really pops into my mind, man. What I like this film too is just, like it's the reasons why I like Marvel movies. It's the way it treats um, character and uh, and the arc of a hero, and the way it just del- delves into these amazing action sequences. But also, it's a film that has something to say. It has a film that has a has this point. It has a moral of the story. And to me, it's it's filmmaking at its finest. It's fucking classic, and um. You know, there's not a lot of... Fi- and I know it's crazy to say this about a film that's in such a massive franchise, but I, I, when we talk about these, like, the classics from back in the day, you know, Robocop, Terminator 2, Aliens, um, all, all these Godfather, like, Pulp Fiction, all these fucking incredible films, sometimes it feels that nowadays, maybe it's because we don't have the, the impact of hindsight, that, like, a lot of these films, they don't feel like classics, like... Like, we're getting so much disposable shit that's $2 bargain mint trash, but I really, really hope that we look at Winter Soldier in, in 30 years' time the same way we look at The Dark Knight or the first Christopher Reeve Superman or even Sam Raimi's Spider-Man's. Or, or, I, I want it to be remembered as one of the all-time great superhero films because it is, because it's so much more than just, just a superhero film. It's not just a popcorn flick. It's a fucking work of art. And I fucking love it. <laughs> Winter Soldier's Bad a good ass. movie. Yeah. So, Strong. what are your Strong. closing thoughts on this film? Man, there is nothing that I can say that you guys haven't said already. Um, obviously, <laughs> this movie is amazing. I love this movie. Uh, it's absolutely, for me, in the top tier of Marvel, if not at the top. Um, I, I think it's the best made Marvel movie, but it's not my favorite. Um I think my favorite is Infinity War, but I think it's the most well-made. Um, it's it's just such a good... It's just an amazing testament to the Russo brothers to direct an action movie like this. Um, the Russo brothers, they'll go on to prove in their next few Marvel movies that um, they can sort of balance their characters really well. Um, because, I mean, once you get to movies like Civil War and Infinity War, you really kind of need to start showing that you can balance your characters pretty well um, and give them all moments to shine. This movie um, does e- everything sort of exceptionally. Like, um, it, it puts its characters front and center, and then the action second. Um, I think there's this sort of, like, misconception that um, there's, like, this kind of, like, assembly line mentality to Marvel, um, which... Mm. Which plays into the fatigue sort of talk that we had earlier, but I don't, I don't think that um, Marvel sort of forego their character work in like in favor of the assembly line stuff. Like Marvel pump out are now pumping out three movies a year, but their character work is still top tier. Like even though Matt and I. Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. Matt and I talked about Ant-Man last week. The best part of Ant-Man is the character work, mm-hmm. um, like absolutely they don't they 100% go all out with their characters I definitely agree um, with that and, definitely definitely yeah yeah that's that's something that Chris Schrader was talking about on the on the on the the Flintstones podcast for um, how do you remember um you really like that podcast don't you 
Oh, I fucking good. love Hey Do You Remember. It's good. It's good. <laughs> it's good. Definitely check it out, Matt. Um, but yeah, I think I think um, also Marvel, they they've they've gone all in on this on this universe, and it's paid off for them immensely, um, figuratively and literally paid mm-hmm. off. Um, Captain America: The Winter Soldier is one of the greatest action movies ever made for me. Um, that's not a overstatement for me. It's just absolutely how i feel it's absolutely how i feel and it's pretty fitting that we're doing this today because i was telling matt today is the 30th anniversary of die hard so one of one of the greatest movies ever made and we're talking about one of the greatest movies ever made has die hard been done on this podcast yet it hasn't not yet we'll get there that's we'll get there that's on the to-do list hey hey guess 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 what i gotta watch it first (laughs) oh what What? you haven't seen die hard uh, uh, no, 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 I don't want to fucking hear it. You haven't seen Princess Bride. Get the fuck it's out of so here, What? <laughs> you haven't seen one of the best action movies ever made? What the fuck? I, but, dude, uh, I mean, you know what? Man. I yelled at someone last night for this exact same reason. They said they hadn't seen Die Hard, and I yelled for like 20 minutes straight. Oh, M- Matt, <laughs> Matt had a strongly good? worded opinion about a movie? Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> That's new. That's oh, fucking God. new. Uh, um, but, yeah. Oh, what a close Look. Uh, Colin, I'm gonna fucking spank you later. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, okay. But yeah, man. So, but yeah, this this movie. Winter Soldier. Shut up, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to help uh, you end this shit, bro. Uh, no, no, no. Before we get off, before we get off the rails, um, this movie's amazing. Uh, it's the probably the crown jewel in the cinema in the in the MCU right now, and it's been a fucking blast talking about it. Seriously. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, let's wrap this up. Matt, how can we find you? Yo, if you want to be my friend, um, find me on Instagram at Velomat. Um, and yeah, yeah. Where can we find you, lovely gentleman? Uh, well, you can... Uh, well, I'll just tease some shit that we've got coming up. Um, we've got some pretty big announcements coming up, uh, I think. I think it's pretty fair to say. Mm-hmm. Um I don't want to go into those right now because we're going to announce that shit on our social media. So if you're not following us on our social media, then make sure you are. Colin, what's our social media? You're much better at doing that than I am. So. Oh, uh, thank you. Um, yeah, you can always <laughs> find us uh, on Facebook at uh, Midnight Double Feature. We've also got the group that's attached to that called The After Party. It's all one, all one word, The After Party. Um, but there's also our Instagram, which uh, I, I'm actually more of a fan of. I love the Instagram. Um, it's just it's just so cool. I actually... I, I actually kind of prefer using that one but that's just me personally uh you can always email us at midnight double feature at gmail.com <clears throat> you know find us on itunes we're also on spotify we're also on youtube now which is really cool yep. a, a lot of people have a lot of trouble finding the podcast or you know most people don't even know a that they have a podcasting app on their phone which is probably built in like like a yeah, like the like the iphone does or b they fucking deleted it because they don't give a shit <clears throat> um but you can always go to youtube and find it and listen uh, which is really cool. I've got a few friends that have already hit that up now because they don't really, you know, want to download more apps to their phones and download the episodes and do all that stuff. So, <clears throat> if you just want to check us out and not subscribe, not really, you know, just get a taste of things, you can always find us at YouTube, uh, which is really cool. Uh, and also, you know, feel free to shoot us uh, shoot us a email at midnight double feature at gmail midnight double feature at gmail dot com. Um, but yeah, I believe that's pretty much everything. Unless you guys got anything else you want to say. I'm good. I'm good. Uh, Matt, you good? Yeah. Cool. 
Uh, look, guys, thank you so much for listening, man. Seriously, it's so it feels so good to officially dive into the MCU. Mm. Um, we're 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 in we're in now. Uh, who knows what we're going to cover coming up? We'll uh, we'll do our announcements on our social media. But other than that, thanks for listening, guys. Really appreciate it. Mm-hmm.